Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 297 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your host for the... I'm not going to commit to any length of time for this episode this week. <laughs> Alongside me to talk about whatever we can about games right now is Matthew Kyle. Matt, oh my gosh, the industry has just ground to a halt. Yeah, a uh, bit of a shift. A it's bit! Gonna, and it ain't going to end anytime soon. So. Oh, I looked ahead at May, and it's just as bad as April. Here's the thing, Matt. So many gaming companies missed a huge opportunity here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's it is just wide open for, like, two months for you to release your game, and instead, they jammed them all into, like, January, February, and March. And here's April and May just Gotta sitting... get that last quarter in, that, that fiscal year. It's crazy. But, yeah, it's so slow right now. You're gonna, you'll see. I mean, we have a, plenty of topics, and I think the show's gonna be good today. But we don't have a lot of games to talk about. You won't believe the game that I played this week, so we had a game to talk about on the show. Mm-hmm. It's really crazy what's going on right now um a couple stories did break this morning but we didn't have enough time to like get them uh, in may the he's finally gonna give in on elix 2 i can feel yeah. it <laughs> i may <laughs> yeah matt pitched me that game like was it a month and a half ago a while, like a month ago yeah. and back then like there was actual stuff to talk about i'm like yeah i don't think that made the cut but now just about anything can make the cut it's pretty crazy man um but anyway Uh, As always, we're doing the best we can to bring you guys a great show about the hot stuff in gaming for the week. Uh, Let's see, is there any housekeeping I've got for you? I don't think so. We just wrapped up Shane vs. Elden Ring. Uh, We were doing those streams for the last, like, two and a half months every Saturday. Wrapped that up. Finally had somebody, Matt, come into my game and co-op with me. Mm. Um, JM Rain, actually. You guys probably know him from chat. He's always giving away uh, subs to the people who show up uh, to watch our live streams. He jumped in and co-oped with me and just... (laughs) wiped the floor with like two bosses and one of them is like this notorious boss that everyone like hates and can't ever beat i literally just stood back and just like tossed magic randomly and he just went to work and just was this uh rat on yeah first the the wolf Mm. i don't think the wolf even touched me once he joined like i literally just sat back and just threw like fireballs and Mm -hmm. and then we fought the what's her name Oh, um, yeah, the, 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 the one with all the grad students crawling around on the floor. Yeah, yeah. both stages of that, because there's that stage with the grad students. It begins then, with an R. Then you go to this weird yeah. plane where and he just crushed all of them. I just kind of stood back and just watched and uh, collected all the runes, so to speak. So that's over. I am thinking about trying to find a new game to start streaming on Saturdays, but I'm going to take a little break. Um, Babylon's Fall. No, no, <laughs> that's definitely not going to be it. Uh, I do want to take a little break because I pretty much lost my entire weekends doing that stream. Uh, I curate on weekends as well. And between doing that stream and then getting it into edit and rendering it and getting it ready to publish on Mondays, I was losing like my entire Saturday doing that stream. And uh, I get no time off. So it'll be nice to have a couple Saturdays here in a row while I figure out what I'm going to do next. Any suggestions, by the way, of something you want me to play? Uh, There's so many games that I am like halfway through or two thirds of the way through and I haven't finished yet. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West is one of those. Dying Light 2 is one of those. So if there's any big games from the last few months, you're like, hey, I wouldn't mind watching Shane play through those. Just uh, drop those in the comments on the show's archive, and uh, I'll take those into consideration. Because there's definitely nothing coming out here for the next, like, six weeks that I would want to stream on Saturdays. But I do want to take a second to just thank, again, the people who joined those streams and helped me get through the game. Uh, You guys gave me a brand new understanding of From Software's games. I definitely played... 
Elden Ring way longer than I've ever played any other From Software game. And I definitely feel like I have a much better understanding of those games now. I don't know that it's changed my opinion of them all that much, but I do understand them far better than I did before. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you guys very much. Um, I really appreciate it. You guys jumping on the stream and helping. And even in the comments on the archives, those were actually a really big help. Uh, just having stuff to do before each stream to kind of prepare for the stream to make sure that it went as smoothly as possible. And it did. Like, I walked through the game pretty much based Ashes upon... in the Hourglass says you should play Tunic. Tunic. That's not a bad one. Yeah. That's also challenging and difficult. Uh, speaking of which, Name That Game is back again this week. And we have another code for Tunic, courtesy of Justin Horman, uh, that we're going to give away at the end of the show. I think I've done a better job with the images this time. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, but I took all your feedback from that as well to try to make sure that you guys don't get it on the first image again. At least I hope not. Uh, before we get going, let's head over to chat and see what's going on with you guys. Hopefully you guys have had a great week. Um, let's see. There's some Twitch Prime in here. Lots of, wow. You guys are really chatting it up already for the show just starting. It's pretty amazing. Um, oh, th- some of this is from, actually, from my last Elden Ring stream, I think. Uh, from Bachby, do you plan to ever play the game alone again and want to have the best magic faith weapon? I do not think I'm going to play Elden Ring anymore. I've got my taste of it at this point. And the mm-hmm. other thing, too, I would say, Matt, is that because you go on these kind of wild goose chases for information on the internet or on YouTube, you end up seeing a lot of the game that maybe you I didn't really want to see, other than, like, a lot of stuff got spoiled for me, basically. Um so I feel like I've seen a lot of the game, even though I haven't played through a ton of the game yet. So I'm probably not going to go back and play it. I think I have a pretty good understanding of what it's all about at this point. Um, someone's saying Breath of the Wild looks like crap. Was there a new Breath of the Wild trailer that was re- released today? Yeah, if there was, I didn't see it. Oh, I'm, we may have missed something, man. Holy crap. Lestevin, thank you for the tier one subs, brother. Appreciate that. Yeah, McWomble's saying it looks like crap. Weird. I mean... I don't know. That wouldn't surprise me. It's running on real old hardware. Yeah. Oh, this is actually a lot of this is stuff is from. Okay. I now we're very old. Um, Gregor Galway, thank you for Twitch Prime. Doc Inky, thank you for Twitch Prime. I don't recognize your username. I don't know if you're new, but if you are, welcome to Game Face. Um, let's see if we got anything else. Lynn Jeff ninety nine, how are you, Jeff? Thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, Swanlin, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. 33 months, man. That's I really appreciate that. Mellowack, thank you for the bits. Um, Sound Wizard, thank you for subscribing. That's awesome. Ulfin81, thank you for joining the chat. It's like the first time you've ever chatted in our stream. That's great. Thanks for joining up. Ian Esquire, thank you for the bits. Mike's Q, thank you for Twitch Prime. Happy post-tax day. That's right. You get your taxes done, Matt? Uh, I got an extension. Oh, you did? <laughs> um, Ian Esquire, thank you for Twitch Prime. As I said, Listeved, thank you for gifting all the subs. And I think that's it. Listeved, I still don't know how to do Twitch Prime. It's so easy, brother. If you <laughs> go to any Game Face or Pactor Factor on YouTube, and there are step by step instructions there how to do it. Literally, step by step with links. Every episode, I, the, that information is copy and pasted in every episode of both Game Face and Pactor Factor on YouTube. It is very easy. It There's like four steps, which I think people look at it, they're like, ooh, that seems yeah. complicated. It's very simple. It's just it's just harder on mobile. Yeah. Like, do it on, if you do, you it, on do PC, it on PC, yeah, it's very easy. do it easy. on a web browser. Yeah. Do it on your PC instead of your phone. The phone does make it a little more difficult. Um, 
Mike's Q says, shameless plug for tax day? Are you an accountant? No, Mike's shameless Q? plug for, uh, uh, I think, what he was talking about. He said something when he subscribed. Who, Mike's Q did? Yeah, but I don't see it. I don't. My... He said, hey, all happy post-tax day. Oh. Maybe he is an accountant. Maybe he is an accountant. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe he's talking about plugging the uh, Twitch Prime oh, maybe. subscription. Oh, maybe. Lestevez says I'm always on my phone. Yeah, it's a pain in the butt to do on the phone, undoubtedly. Yeah, just because of Twitch's interface doesn't help you on the phone. Yep. Um, but if you ever are on a PC, it's very easy. And again, the instructions step-by-step are on any every episode of Factor Factor and Game Face on our YouTube channel. So check it out. We'd really appreciate it if you could do it. Um... Yeah, you basically, you're just linking. If you have Amazon Prime, you're just linking Amazon Prime to your Twitch account. Mm-hmm. And once you do that the first time, you don't have to do it ever again. It's literally just two clicks after that. You go to our channel, twitch.tv slash siftedgames, and there's a little drop-down thing on the right-hand side. I think it's purple. You click that, it drops down, and you scroll all the way to the bottom of the drop-down, and there's a little thing that you click there that says free subscription with Twitch Prime. So... Very simple. If you can do it, it's awesome. It helps us a ton. It costs you nothing. It's just a free benefit if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber. And most people are. Mm-hmm. And wisely so. I've been a subscriber for 12 years. I've never regretted it. Even though the price keeps going up astronomically. That and Netflix, man. Netflix is really starting to get up there, too. It was Netflix like 15 bucks now? I think it's more than that, actually. I just agreed to a thing last night when I opened it, opened it that said it was going to be like fifteen seventy eight per month now. Yeah. And I'm starting, now that it's getting up there in price, I'm starting to like realize that I don't really use it hardly at all yeah, I don't use it much, but I do use it often enough that I want to have it around. It's like, that. it's not that much. Amazon Prime is more, but I definitely... I, I definitely I get Amazon my money Prime definitely Amazon pays Prime. for itself in shipping. Yeah, I should probably be more astute at dropping Netflix for months that I don't not going to use it because mm-hmm. like now there's some shows coming up that I want to watch like Stranger Things season four. I want to watch that and stuff like that. Um, but I get a lot more out of HBO Max honestly mm-hmm. than any of the. Services. I mean, I got some stuff. I I've subscribed to the Criterion Channel in an annual subscription for like three years. Um, do you use it no yeah but like part of it's just like i want to support it right because that's they, part of it but yeah. i don't i've watched a few things on it but i'm not general, concerned about supporting netflix part of the problem <laughs> yeah, yeah no. i've also been a member since they sent dvds through the mail so i think i've done my part i do like point. the thing is where they you know it was kind of revealed this week it's like netflix's most watched stuff is like um children's programming mm-hmm. and old movies yeah basically like comfort viewing like their original programming really does not get much they get bumps when it first launches it first, and then they just go away yeah which is probably why that netflix stuff only lasts like three seasons yeah, yeah. classic tv shows too you can only see in their trending stuff it's yeah. always stuff see, i never watched. when you can see some of the top 10 you know like like is it cake was number one for a while and now it's not even in the top 10 i watched half of one episode of that <laughs> i was like yeah. i'm good <laughs> like, do you know who the host on that is he seemed familiar so you remember the david s pumpkin skit from uh, with Tom Hanks on the uh, from SNL. No, like, I don't. It's like David S. Pumpkins. It's like any questions like that thing. No, I don't remember that. Weird. That was a big deal. No, I don't remember that at all. Uh, anyway, he's uh, uh, the guy who hosts. Is it cake? Is this is this tall, skinny skeleton guy in that, oh. in that skit? That guy seemed weird to me. Though he host. is weird. Like <laughs> he's got this. Like he's got a sinister vibe to him in a weird yeah. way. And, like as you if you watch like the third or fourth episode, he starts really every time something turns out to not be cake, he just stabs it a lot. Oh, and I'm like, 
You're not you're not dispelling the Norman Bates vibes <laughs> I got off you from the beginning of the series, dude. It's, it's very weird. It is weird. Um, so anyway, uh, I think that's all our housekeeping. I just told you to cancel your subscription to Netflix. And <laughs> uh, but I think I'm gonna after Stranger Things comes out because the other thing that Netflix does is it launches all the episodes at once, which mm-hmm. like HBO Max sometimes doesn't do that. You still have to like go every week and watch one episode yeah, at a time. I wonder if they'll keep it, because, like, the, the week-to-week model has proven to be more effective. Yeah. Um, but you run into the problem that, like, people consider things that Disney Plus or HBO Max puts up to be appointment viewing, mm-hmm. and you don't have that so much with Netflix originals, usually. I saw the new Batman film launch on HBO Max today, already. Mm-hmm. That was surprising to me. Yeah, they announced that. Well, I think it actually went up yesterday. Like, really? They, they moved it up a day. Yeah, I'm surprised by um, that. Now you just got to find three hours to watch it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's no good. big no big games to talk about on today's show, but we have tons of interesting topics that I think we're going to have a great discussion on. I think we could talk about anything and have an interesting discussion at this point. Uh, we're going to kick things off, though, with Sony First Party Studios and Hideo Kojima, which just seemed like a, a marriage made in heaven, a match made in heaven, that eventually... Kojima Productions would eventually become a part of the Sony umbrella. It would be a first-party mm-hmm. studio for PlayStation. And this week, Kojima got a little edgy or whatever and posted this banner image of Sony's first-party studios. And it included his studio. It had art there for Death Stranding. Hmm. And so people, understandably, were like, well, okay, that means that Sony's going to buy you guys up. And he had to come back and say, no, in fact... We are going. We want to be an independent studio, and we're going to continue to be an independent studio. Why do you think Kojima is so reluctant to join PlayStation, or do you think PlayStation doesn't want to sign Kojima? I mean, I certainly wouldn't buy Kojima Productions if I were Sony. Um, they haven't proven too much, and I would imagine if I'm Kojima, I want to make a couple bigger hits to make my company worth more, so that I make more money when I sell it. Off to Sony. sale? That's smart. That's, I had not even thought of that angle actually. So that would be my guess. Um, is I don't th- is that Kojima doesn't think the company is valuable enough for that it could be more valuable when he goes to sell it, and Sony doesn't see the value in buying that company yet because Death Stranding did not exactly set the world on fire. So I think everybody's in a holding pattern on that one for various financial reasons. Do you... the rumor of of Sony buying From came up again though? Like that keep that keeps popping up. That's another one that makes too much sense. It, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Although I think you would have to go buy the parent company. Which, which Sony can at that afford. point, for sure. Like if, the, if you can leverage it, why not? Or you buy it and then you sell off the parts that you don't want. Yeah, pretty much. Which probably would make a little more sense. Um, why do you think PlayStation signed Jade Raymond's new studio, Haven, when essentially all she has is kind of an idea and maybe a working prototype? Mm-hmm. After, I mean, because you got to remember, too, that PlayStation basically funded... Kojima Productions to be formed and gave Kojima Productions an engine from Gorilla to build its game on. I mean, without PlayStation, does Kojima Productions exist? Someone probably would have funded it. Someone probably would have. Maybe it wouldn't have been as as extensive as uh, funding they got for for Death Stranding from Sony. But, like, yeah, I think mostly it's just, like, um, I think whatever Haven is working on is something that I think Sony sees as potentially applicable or helpful to their other projects, too. Whereas I think Kojima's stuff is just Kojima's stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't, 
it's clear that like the the work he did on on the engine here did help out Horizon Forbidden West. Like clearly, yeah. the, the, clearly the collaboration did help out Gorilla. Yeah, it went both um, ways. Yeah, but like uh, I, it sounds like whatever Haven's doing has some kind of further, like more wide-reaching ideas, or, or you know. Like, you know, the speculation that it might be some kind of like new iteration of PlayStation Home or something like that, or something along mm-hmm. those lines, or something that could be like a, a metaverse-style thing with PSVR 2. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it could go... Stuff stuff that Haven's working on seems like it will probably go beyond what the, the game they're making. Yep. Whereas, That's what like, it sounded like. Yeah. Or it sounded like... Cause- it almost sounded like it's a culturally driven yeah. product instead of a gamey yeah. pro- product. Yeah, there's something more esoteric there. Yeah. Um, whereas Kojima Productions, for better or worse, is just making games. I would also argue that, you know, if I had Kojima and Jade in a room and I'm trying to figure out which one would make a product that would be more viable financially mm-hmm. and would be more likely to do better sales-wise, I would probably side with Jade Raymond. Yeah, like Kojima is creative, and his games are strange and weird, and there's a mystery around them. But they don't always sell. No, they don't. They don't cross the line. Yeah, with, with yeah into that sort of mainstream uh, curiosity. You know, they don't. You know, outside of like maybe, I mean, even I guess Metal Gear Solid One sort of, but that was a different time. Like he's never had a breakout hit com- comparable to like Elden Ring. Right. Where, you know, Elden Ring sold to like six million new people. Yep compared to the previous games, whereas his games, whereas, you know, I think a lot of people tried Metal Gear for the first time with Metal Gear Solid 1, but the PlayStation 1 was a very different overall audience than, you know, the PlayStation 5 or the PlayStation 4, and, like, Death Stranding did not break into that. Metal Gear Solid 5 did not break into the... the, I would argue Metal Gear Solid 5 also was first Metal Gear for a lot of players. Could be, yeah. But it also wasn't, not in a critical mass in the way that... Well, I think they kind of rejected it. It was, it didn't do great. yeah. So yeah, I, I until Kojima was you know it could especially because you're not able to like sort of tell Kojima to like just settle down and make a game yeah you know and and you don't have to like freak people out every time yeah. you announce something like it's okay to just make a great game like yeah like there's an element of, of Kojima's approach to this which is sort of like you know a little bit like David Lynch in that David Lynch just refuses to repeat himself and refuses to like explain things and refuses to like you know be held by like what trends are he's going to make whatever he wants but David Lynch has a lot of really cool ideas and Kojima just mostly rehashes things he saw in John Carpenter movies when he was 12 yeah. so like those <laughs> yeah. are two different very yeah. re- very different results from a very similar process and I think you can kind of let David Lynch get away with that in a way that you can't with with Kojima partly because David Lynch's movies don't cost 200 million dollars yeah like you know, yeah, there's a cost associated with what with making even something on the level of Death Stranding. Yeah, that uh, just isn't there for a seven million dollar David Lynch one off. So Could, I, yeah, Kojima needs to dial it back and create a game that doesn't take like five minutes to explain what it is. Yeah, and remember like, that part, it, part of what's it, happening with Koji, Kojima Productions right now is Kojima's trying to branch out into movie stuff. Yeah, and if that's you true. get bought by Sony, you are not going to be allowed to do that. That's true. There's no elevator pitch for Death Stranding that works. You can't ride in an elevator in 45 seconds and explain to somebody no. what this game is. You just I mean, can't. you could, but there's no way to get across. Like, you couldn't accurately the, convey what it is. Yeah, there's no way you'd make it something anybody wants to see. It's like it's like the guy from Walking Dead delivers, delivers packages <laughs> in a really sad world. Yeah. Like, that's basically all it is. He cries yeah. while he's delivering packages. Yeah, you're right, though. That's 
That's about as close as it gets, and that's not intriguing to most people. No. Like, it's uh, a little too close to real life for a yeah, lot of people. Yeah. You know, with the gig economy, it's sort of like, yeah, I do this every day. I gotta, yeah. Maybe I don't get it eaten by giant oil slicks, but like... But that's how I pay my cell phone bill every but month. But if you've ever been yeah. had to do DoorDash in a hailstorm, you're maybe yeah. not too yeah. far off. <laughs> that's a really good point. I wonder if Kojima now is going to try to retcon the game and be like, it was a, <laughs> it's a testament on the gig economy or whatever. <laughs> Who knows? Um... Yeah, I do. You think it'll eventually happen that PlayStation will buy Kojima? So Ashes in the Hourglass brought up something. I don't know. I, I, in I, chat, he I said think we that, need to see what the next game is and whether his movie, uh, you know, attempt stab at making at being a movie production partner is successful. Because if that works, I don't he may think never Kojima, come back to. Games. I don't think Kojima, Kojima ever needs to sell at all. But I also don't think that's going to work. I don't think it'll work. No. Yeah, but if it does, I don't. I would be surprised if he's like, you know what? I'm not making games anymore. I'm just going to make films. No, I feel, I'm, I'm sure he would let the you know he'd have the team at Kojima Productions making games. But I don't think he would be. Personally he would focus on the much. films. Yeah, he would be. He'd like probably like come by and like he'd do the George Lucas thing where he just looks at all the stuff and stamps yeah. approval <laughs> things on concept art. And yeah, like go and then goes and does what he's going to do otherwise. Ashes and the Hourglass brought up a good point too. He mentioned, and I had kind of forgotten this, that, that uh, Jeff Grubb from Venture Beat has reported that Kojima's working on something for Xbox, mm-hmm. which obviously would mean that there's no way that could work. And if Kojima has his eyes on just reaching more people, it's probably smart to stay independent if you want to make yeah. games for multiple platforms. I think it's I think it's good, especially considering how long he was at Konami, it's good to, to you know establish a foothold and, and get a body of work going for the company and sort of like really be able to have someone look at it and say, like, this is what we're capable of giving you. If we, you know, let us in house and we will do that, you know, all the time. And yeah. so that will raise the value. It'll raise the perceived value and get more people interested in buying him. And it will raise the value of the company that he will reap the benefits of when he sells it. So I think, I think it's just too early to sell. That's, that's the real problem. Yeah. I mean, they've only been around for how long, but Haven only existed for like on paper for like 11 mm-hmm. months and they were purchased. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty Whatever bizarre. Haven's doing is must have some real ramifications yeah. here. It must be a real zinger. Yeah. yeah. It's got it must have more to it than just like, "Oh, weird Kojima game number 40." Yeah. Kind of thing. Are you surprised that Kojima has never made a motion controlled game? Cuz he tends to like if you remember back with like was it the GBA that he made? Boktai. Boktai for, yeah. where he's just like, I have this technology, I want to try to make something around the technology. Yeah, it was, a, it was more like, you know, I want to make people go outside, is what he wanted. Right. To, you know, he wanted... He, he does projects like that sometimes, just to test out, like, whatever the new technology mm-hmm. is. He never did that with motion control. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's a testament to motion controls more than anything, I don't know, but... I think part of it is that a lot of the motion control stuff was just really underpowered and wouldn't be able to handle the stuff. I, I, th- I, w- I can't imagine... It didn't cross his mind to do like a, a snatcher update or something for something like that. Um, I think part of the problem is if you put snatcher out today, you'd be sued by yeah. Warner Brothers because it's literally a Blade Runner yeah. steal. Yeah, you probably wouldn't um, be able to get away with it now. You know, sort of like how Metal Gear Two, all the portraits were just Hollywood actors. Right. Like, you t- you know, it was like, like <laughs> I think Big Boss is Sean Connery and right. Snake is uh, yeah. uh, Mel Gibson from Lethal Weapon with the hair and like yeah. Yeah, like you Times have changed. Yeah. You can't just trace Arnold Schwarzenegger movie posters and put them on the cover of an NES game and call it original anymore. Like Yeah. I use or, or just cop or copy music. That's one of my favorite things to look for uh, YouTube things where it's like, you know, old like eight and sixteen bit music tracks that are just rip offs of pop music. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, no one thought anyone would care enough to even yeah. think about you know, the guy who decided to basically play uh, Journeys faithfully but slightly faster 
as a uh, as a, a theme to one of the Mega Man levels. Never thought anybody would notice that. Sh- like, yeah, you know, it's sort of like in Evangelion in the '90s. Like one of the music tracks in that, well, it was repeated a lot. Is a direct steal of one of the James Bond theme tracks from I believe it's from Russia with Love. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where you didn't know that was going to become an international phenomenon yeah, and like be yeah. one of the biggest, is influential. Thing. And so eventually they had to license that to even put it out again. Um, it was just, it's just a whole weird area that no one thought was ever going to be an issue. Yeah, I brought this up on Good Morning Gaming this week, in fact, talking about uh, the Beastie Boys, Paul's boutique album. And it's just literally the whole album is just one sample after another. There's mm-hmm. literally hundreds and hundreds of samples in there. There were uncleared. You could mm-hmm. never make that album now. Everything, like every note, every melody, everything now is protected. And back then, it was the Wild West, and they just went crazy and just sampled every hook, every little bass line, everything that they had loved throughout their entire lives and got away without paying for any of it. Now, I don't know how that has worked out in present day. Like, I don't know if they're paying royalties now to mm-hmm. the artists that they sampled for that. But, you know, the, the album came out, and for years and years, it was just this sampling masterpiece that they never had to really pay the piper for. So mm-hmm. uh, times change, laws change, and uh, it affects art. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I am a little surprised that Kojima has not made something for Nintendo in a really, really long time. I don't because think he was interested in dealing with the underpowered hardware. It's possible, yeah. He does seem fixated on... He loves the cutting-edge graphics yeah. stuff. Yeah, it does seem like it's a, it's important to him. So, so I mean, he's been, doing, he's been like that since the PS1. Like, you know, Metal Gear Solid 1 was just beyond anything that was on the playstation at the time yeah absolutely do you think it would be smart for playstation to buy kojima productions maybe eventually would you recommend that they do it not right now me either i wouldn't either i'd let him go out and build the studio and maybe finally make another hit yeah because he hasn't had a hit for a while let's be honest like you know death stranding is a technical achievement but it ain't a hit it's not a hit i mean the last hit was probably what mgs2 like, real, like really big, like burning yeah. the charts. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that yeah. was a long time ago. I don't remember man. how how four sold because it was a PlayStation three exclusive. So probably I think it did okay. Did okay that, that that actually might have been the last hit, so to speak, that he had because mm-hmm. five sold what eight million copies. I yeah. think I remember five was a hit by the context of like older times, but it wasn't by the context of right. when it came out. And it's hard to remember the sales for this stuff too because these games are so old that the number that I have in my mind is the number around when it came out and now that the game has been out for 20 some years it could have accumulated mm-hmm. oh, a yeah, lot like, more sales yeah, at certain point metal gear solid 5 has been five dollars right so often it's probably double yeah. that now yeah you end up getting into like the the grand theft auto 5 territory yeah. where it's just been around for so long it just adds and up it's been so cheap so and many discounted times. so many times and given away at different I admit, services I, I never i mean it's annoying and i hated it when it would happen in the game but i never get tired of seeing him just sort of give up and float away yeah <laughs> It's like, no, I don't think anyone would really do that. I mean, especially after like two minutes of waiting. It's like, no, I'm just too tired. Like, yeah, yeah, well, you would probably drown, to be yeah. honest with you. The, the packages would just drag you to the bottom and you'd die. But Congrim um, makes a good point. He says he does make some good trailers that take over mind yeah. share in the industry. That's the thing, though. His trailers are so good, but it never mm. translates to sales. No, well, because it also never translates to good game. They're intriguing, um, though. I mean, well, yeah, but also remember, like, through all those year, years of Death Stranding trailers, and you were like, oh, I can't, I'm like, it's just going to be bullshit again. It's like, yeah. you know, I know he has no interesting answers for any of the mysteries he throws up in, in his pre-release or trailer stuff. Like, I knew it was going to be dumb crap. 
Yeah. And it was. And it was. You were right. Yep, absolutely. And, like, here we are. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, my God, what is the game going to be? It's like, it's going to be so- – I mean, I never predicted it was going to be de- delivering packages for 40 hours. <laughs> but, you know, when, I don't think anyone they, could have guessed that. When they first started showing the gameplay stuff and, and people were like, like, well, it's going to be more than more than that, right? And it's like, mm, have you played a Kojima game before? Yeah. I mean, I'm he still, shows, still He surprised. shows you what it is. Like, that's one thing I'll give him. Every time he, he's demoed something early, it's always been a very accurate vertical slice of what you're going to do. Going See, all the way back to Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah. Sleeping Psychologist says Death Stranding is an 85 on Metacritic, which is crazy. That is crazy. It is. But, but like, again, that shows you the power of. Yeah. Huge bump. <laughs> yep. I don't know which is which is bigger, the Nintendo bump or the Kojima bump? It uh, depends on the franchise, but the Zelda bump is unmatched. Yeah. <laughs> Except maybe by the From Software bump. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty healthy. From and too. Zelda are the king of the review bump. <laughs> no question. <laughs> For sure. Because uh, I, I can see someone, I mean, look, the fact that it's an aggregate is ridiculous, but I can see something think, someone thinking Death Stranding is an 8.5 if it's really up there. Like alley, a couple people, like, yeah. You know, if the, the, the community building thing really makes you interested, because like, yeah. some of that's really cool. Yeah. And like if you want something that's sort of like, you know, like I said, uh, but they if, should you, be the if you play Death Stranding so. correctly, it's boring. Because yeah. nothing happens. <laughs> but I could also see someone if you just want something where you can kind of like play something like that and listen to a podcast and sort of chill out. Like that's a pretty good option for that. But that's not what I'm after there. Yeah. But I can see someone. I could see someone thinking, "Yeah, I, I'll give this an 8.5 because it's just exactly my esoteric thing I wanted." The 8.5 should be the aggregate. Yeah, it's an aggregate. The it's like, they should be the top. Sure. And then when you get to the average, it should be like a right. seven. Well, because that being, that being the aggregate means there's people that gave like a nine point. Right. Something. It's right. Just like, oh wow. Exactly. You are, they're not the outliers. They're like, the are middle. You, are you are you Norman Reedus? Because I, I don't know why else you would. Uh, it is bizarre. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, for whatever reason, people get excited by Kojima's games and they don't really buy them. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really bizarre. And then they kind of stop. Like that's one thing that's notable. I think about Death Stranding is that how is how unnotable it is. Yeah. It's like people still talk about Metal Gear stuff. Yeah. Fairly regularly. Even five. You don't see people mention Death Stranding. Nope. Really. Death Stranding did not make much of an impact on the on the general psyche of the gaming public. Yeah. Yep. Well, the Metal Gear so- Solid Five was also weird, where it had, like, yeah. that tanker that you'd go back to. And, like, yeah, well, and, like, the endless load times that turned out to be intentional, because they you can buy, get a skill later that makes them shorter. I'm like, bite me. <laughs> bite me. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, I mean, Metal Gear Solid Five has its own problem, also including that it's not finished. Yeah. And so, like, there's no the story isn't really there. It's, like, so weird. Like, you, you went through all the trouble and expense to get Keeper Sutherland to voice him, and then, like, it got wrapped. Uh, you know, uh, Konami basically made him wrap it up so so fast and abruptly. Not that they didn't give him years to figure it out, mm-hmm. but like they just wrapped. It's like, oh, it'll just be a bunch of audio tapes, and otherwise he won't really talk. And like, what happened to Kiefer Sutherland? Did he die? He's around doing stuff. He, he just doesn't he, do anything. He just said this week he'd like to bring Jack Bauer back. Really? I'm, like, I'm sure you would. I bet he would. <laughs> His career yeah. just disappeared. Well, he had some trouble and some... I haven't seen him in anything in forever. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I saw him in something. Yeah. I like him. I think he's good. Yeah. I, I, I especially love that video of him tackling the Christmas tree <laughs> in that, like, 
that like Lake Tahoe Hotel or whatever that was. Oh yeah, um, where he, he just asks permission, like pays the guy, and, right, and right. says like, "Can I just jump into the tree?" And he's like, "All right." And he's like, "Yeah," and he just jumps into. The... I mean, look, that's a man living his best life. Yeah, and going, and you know, he asked he asked permission. He, yeah, yeah. he offered to compensate. Yep. He just wanted to do it, and he did it. Yeah. I respect that. I do too. Once I do remember one time it was right when we all when they they expanded uh, G four like you know it was like when we were going daily live and they uh-huh. expanded the web team huge so Andrew Fister and and Patrick Klepik and all those guys and uh, Billy Berghammer and all those guys uh, joined the team and we all went out to I think it was the Rustic to like have a bonding sort of get to know each other editorial team thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was right around the time I think he was like supposed to be right out of rehab and doing better or whatever. And we're we're all sitting around, and these guys come in and take the table next to us. And the two guy two guys who are there like go to the bar, and one guy stays at the table. And we look over, and the guy who stayed at the table is Kiefer Sutherland. And we're <laughs> wow. like, what? What the hell? Some and of those guys had probably just moved to L.A. and we're like, whoa. And we're, yeah, we're, oh yeah, we're all like, re- <laughs> they're all recognizing who he is, and he looks over. You know, he can tell that we know, we know who, who he is. Yeah. And and uh, we're just like, we're like. We're not going to tell you what we're going to do. And he's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> That stuff happens in L.A. all the time, yeah. by the way. All the time. My wife eats next to celebrities probably once a month. Yeah, like big ones, common. too. Like Kanye or whatever. I mean, they got to eat, yeah. too. So. They do. Yeah. Well, I ran into Glenn Danzig at the grocery store. Right. So you just never know what's going to happen here. It's bizarre. Do you think uh, Kojima is at a do-or-die time? No. Do you think he needs a hit? I think he could use one, but I think he's... You know, I think Death Stranding wasn't didn't set the world on fire, but I'm sure it did fine for him. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't th- I don't think he's in he's in danger. I mean, he did whip a studio together pretty quickly and put out a game that whether yeah. you like it or not is one thing, but it is a high quality product. Yeah, that I was would polished say it's, and... it's it's a pretty impressive achievement for a first time team. Yeah. even if he brought a bunch of people with him. Yep. Um, that's you know that that's a whole bunch of different logistic challenges than you know working under a Konami banner. Yep. Um, and they got it done, and it got it done in a pretty good amount of time. Yeah, like it was, quick. It, like, it's like the quickest game he ever made. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. And it, it doesn't, you know, it's not like buggy. It's not, you know, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't it was especially polished. bad, you know, yeah. in that regard. It was, it was very, it was very polished. So, yeah, like I, I, I would not, you know, at the very least, I would think somebody would be interested in buying them as, as a, as a functional unit, even if not as a source of IP. Right, that's a good um, point. But I'm sure his focus right now is he, you know, he's finally get, he's getting one last shot at that. You know, he always won't be a director, you know. Kojima's always been a frustrated film director who ended up in video games. That's true. And uh, you know, here's his last shot. But I mean, I was, I was, I was yesterday. I was actually looking at the list of video game movies in production, quote unquote, in development or whatever. And that and, list um, was like 30 miles long. No, it's it's like um, it's like t- like 15, 20 movies. I bet you there's more than that. Um, no, not 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 that are like annou- actually announced. Because some I mean, of them sure, disappear. People... Like Minecraft. Minecraft was there, started yeah. in 2016, mm-hmm. and like. Went through all this pre-production and was supposed to have, like, Steve Carell is, like, mm-hmm. the lead. Now it just resurfaced yesterday and yeah. is, like, Jason Momoa is now the lead. Mm-hmm. And they've got the director yeah. from, like... <laughs> I mean, look, there's, there's just a lot of... Um, moving parts. Moving parts, yeah. I mean, some of this stuff's been in development hell forever. Um, you know, but there's, there's a bunch of stuff. There's, uh, um yeah, I forgot that the Werewolves Within movie came out yeah. last year. Oh, like, wait, it came out. That came out last June. Yeah, <laughs> I I'm like, that out. happened? I just, okay. I mean, because I, I remember that. talking about that, but yeah. then it just, I think it just went up on streaming or something. No, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but we were we, some some friends and I were talking about like you know it's like oh is the you know, only good only good video game movies and I'm like, um, <laughs> no, Son- Elric. who's a better writer, Kojima or David Cage? Oh, Kojima. Yeah. <laughs> Sonic 1 the first Sonic movie is probably better than it 
has any right to be. Um, <laughs> the original Mortal Kombat, I wouldn't call it good, but it does justice to the source material of the game, yeah. I would say. And uh, there's another one that I was like, this one was pretty good. I can't remember what it was now, which shows you how much that right. stuck in my head. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, the, other, the other one was like, do, do you did you remember there was a Max Payne movie that starred Mark Wahlberg? Because I completely I forgot did remember that, that. Yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot that was a thing that happened. Yep, it's um, crazy. Well, now there's a Streets of Rage movie coming. And oh like, yeah, that was announced yesterday. The people who work on John Wick are like moving over to that. It's just, it's insane. Yeah, Everyone it's, now that Sonic has exploded, everyone's like, woohoo! Oh, it's, Detective Pikachu. Oh uh, yeah, Pikachu. that's the other good one. Yeah, that was and Silent Hill. Was not watchable. Am- it was okay. It was, <laughs> it was it, watchable. It, it, for, certainly for its time, it was at least. It was like, one of the best ones. Yeah, it was admirably true to the source material. <laughs> yeah, it like, was one of the best games. Like I could watch that while. and recognize what I was watching, yeah. which at the time was unusual for a video game movie. Yeah, and we'll yeah. see how the Illuminations uh, Mario movie is this December. Like you know, the Minions guys. Right, are right. Gonna see. Smash I mean, it'll we'll see. Be pretty good. Like yeah, I know everybody's all. Freaking- it shouldn't be terrible anyway. I know we're all freaking out about. Uh, um, what's it? Uh, Chris Pratt being Mario, but it's like no, the kids aren't going to care. Yeah, like, it doesn't. You know, no, the, no, no. The, the target, uh, the target ones are not going to. The target demographic for that is not going to care. That they don't even know Charles who it Martinet is. is not. Yeah. Do, yeah. Um, they may say it doesn't sound like Mario. Oh, we got the Borderlands movie in development. We have Borderlands, Crossfire. You're trying to make a Crossfire movie. <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's, which is pretty far along. Uh, Gears of War, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which is the next project for the Sony team yep. after Uncharted. Uh, Just Cause, um, Just Dance. Uh, Ubisoft you... makes a lot of decisions. Have you noticed that? <laughs> Minecraft, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid, which Kojima's working on, uh, or somebody's working on. So- Sony's working on it with Konami. I imagine they're going to probably call him Mortal. Co- a sequel to the Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah. Um, that was pretty good, actually. Yeah, that was, that was for what it was. Yeah, uh, Portal, uh, supposedly. Uh, Rabbids. They're doing a, ra- a live-action Rabbids movie. Uh, Sonic 3. Uh, Space Invaders. Uh, sequel to that Tomb Raider reboot uh, called Tomb Raider Obsidian. <laughs> uh, Saints Row movie. And a Yakuza movie. Uh, and that's that. In terms of Western development, that's that's what we got. And I'll actually, I will also add one of the good video game movies is the Phoenix Wright movie. Which never came here, but it is actually a very accurate Phoenix Wright movie. Is it animated? No, no, it's live action, but it it's mimicking the look of the games. Interesting, almost perfect. Like the guy has the hair and the suit, like every, and they do the speed lines and the pointing and the objection, like all it's all there. Huh? Like it's it's really. I didn't really know it accurate. existed. Well, it never came. It's only in, J- in Japan. <laughs> oh, but you can get like fan sub versions. But yeah. like it's it's real good. Like if you as long as you know what Phoenix Wright is and you're like expecting a movie version of that, it's really good. Surprised it doesn't come to Netflix. And uh yeah, it would be a pr- I mean if they bring all that Godzilla crap. Right. Um yeah. which is just or some streaming awful. service cuz all of them are just begging for content Yeah, basically. bring it over. Yeah, might as well. Um I think more and more you'll get you'll start to see stuff like that. Um Yes, we should. Like, it's fun to see stuff sort of like open up that way a little bit. You know, it's like uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Like, really, kind of the the embrace of like, okay, like mainstream audiences know what multiverses are and timelines mm-hmm. are, so we can stop. We can start accepting those stories now. I mean, start making it, smarter yeah. movies. Yeah. Well, well, have you seen that? No, everything want, all at once. I want to. Me too. But, uh, 
I'm, I, I, from what I hear, it is smart, but like, you know, more or less, what you're going to get in the mainstream is actually more like, you know, Sony Pictures is going to make some stupid, you know, Madam right. Web is supposed to be like basically <laughs> their version of Doctor Strange multiverse stuff uh, for the Spider-Man, the Spider-Villain Sony-verse thing, which I, part of me believes that Madam Web will never be made because I think Morbius did not do well and uh, uh, Craven is being, is shooting right now. Nobody in the world wants a Craven movie, a Craven solo film. Like, it doesn't even make any sense. And I guess the villain in that is somebody called The Foreigner. And they did, like, some press release where they're like, um, you know, one of Spider-Man's top foes, The Foreigner. I'm like... I have been reading Spider-Man yeah, comics never heard since of 1979, <laughs> and I have no idea who that character is. He's definitely is. not a top foe. He's no. never, if he was never in the cartoon, he was never a top foe. Yeah. That's where I would draw the line. There's some, Yeah, there's something. It is, there is a thing where, like, you know, in terms of, like, kind of, the, you know, I remember growing up as a kid and reading these comics and having to get familiar with these, you know, vintage characters that have been around forever before, since before I was born. And now we're hitting a point, like, when I played, like, Arkham Knight, and I was like, who the hell is Professor Pig? Is this something? And I looked at him. It's like, oh, he, he's some like old villain that I don't know anything about. Like, oh no, he was introduced like two years ago, and I don't know him because I'm too old <laughs> to to Fair have enough. read the comments. So yeah. it's, it's flipping over that way now. So yeah. I, maybe the foreigner is a more recent introduction. But like, I keep up with most of that. I don't know who the hell that is, and I don't know why anyone would want to watch a movie that's just about Craven the Hunter. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm starting to glaze over with the superhero stuff in general. Like the Thor trailer came out and I watched it and I was like, okay, like there's just too much. I don't agree with that. And I know you like, say it all the time. Like there's only like, it just feels like, like five all the of ones that are year. promoted. Like, oh, sure. All but, I ever see is just Marvel or DC stuff. Like, yeah, but I if Marvel know. and DC stuff went away, you'd see something else all the time. You know, whatever the new trend became. Like, you know, but I mean, while. this has been going on for a while now. Yeah, well, that's because it's really good. Yeah. Um, and again, I I'm just not pay, saying that I don't like. I just the pay films. attention to the. I just pay attention to the MCU stuff because that's yeah. the good stuff, you know. And sometimes, you know, the Batman was good, but that's, you know, I knew that wasn't part of the normal universe. That was just a Matt Reeves film, and I like Matt Reeves stuff on Planet of the Apes. So I was like, okay, maybe that'll be good. Um, on the flip side, you've got stuff like Morbius, which like I knew was going to be garbage from the beginning. And yeah, like the best thing about Morbius coming out is I never need to see, need to see the Morbius trailer again. <laughs> um, but I mean, I felt that way about Dune too, and I loved Dune. Yeah, it was really um, good. But I'm really I glad I never need to see that trailer again when I yeah, go to the movies. Like, I was pleasantly surprised by that film. I recommend it, it highly. And it's on HBO Max right now too, so yeah, go watch great. it. Great movie. Yeah, I um, had actually skimmed past it for like weeks, and one night I was mm-hmm. like, "I'm gonna watch it." I mean, look, or I'm gonna I try to watch it, and I immediately got sucked in. I don't think Denis Villeneuve has ever made anything less than a, than a good movie. Yeah, he makes good and great movies, and he's never yeah. made anything less than that. Really, like, every, every single thing he's ever done is really good and yeah. worth watching. Yep. All right, let's move on. I can't believe we just burned that much time talking about Kojima going, yeah. <laughs> not being also, purchased by also, like, I mean, I mean, And I will actually agree on the Thor trailer that a lot of it was not all that interesting, but that's because they're, it's a teaser and they're not showing anything about the, what the movie's really about. Yeah. And I'm here for Jack Tilly Portman. Yeah. Like, uh, like she looks great as, as Thor. I've had a crush on her for a long time. Mm-hmm. She's one of those celebrities. Like, there's so many celebrities that are beautiful, but for whatever reason, man, she's... Right in my wheelhouse. Oh yeah, I always liked her. Um, from like you know Star Wars on. Even before uh, that, I liked her. And uh, I mean, she's very good. I mean, she's she, you know even in the professional, she's excellent. Yeah. She's a great actor. Uh, and Black Swan is one of just a tour de force, oh, perform- yeah. a generational tour de force performance. Yep. Um, I mean, just being able to being able to work with Aronofsky that smoothly is impressive all on its own. Any um, film that she's in, when she's in frame, 
I don't look at anything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I no, hate to admit it, but well, she's she's got star power. Yeah. And uh, I do remember uh, guy. You remember guy? Guy Branham. Yeah. Uh, he wore, he was on in a movie with her. Really? Uh, years and years ago. And at one point, he was on set, and he, and he texted me. And he's like, "Guess who I'm in a room with?" <laughs> and, I, and, I, and he's like, "Queen Amidala." And I, <laughs> That's great. He said he, he said that she he, she reminded him of uh, Morgan a little bit. In oh, really? That, in that she was like very kind and and smart and very plugged into everything, but kind of uncomfortable with the celebrity that came uh, along with her career. I get which, that vibe. Like, totally, from her. I get. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But I'm glad. Just she's another back. reason to like her even more. I'm glad she's back. Yeah. She, she, and I, I love that, like, the reason she came back, she's like, oh, I get to be Thor this time? Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> like, I'm never doing these movies again. What if we, what if you, what if you get to pick up the hammer? It's like, all right, yeah. There aren't any... Because I completely identify with that. Like, yeah, that'll, there aren't any actors too. left who haven't been in the MCU at this point. They're um, running out of people. Yeah, I mean, I got Christian Bale for this one. I know. Right? And yeah. I will also, the other thing about uh, the Thor, I will say, the story they're adapting is one of the best Thor stories ever told. Dude, like the weirdest part, Gore, Gore the God Butcher is a fantastic Thor story. The and, weirdest part, and a couple of, of the shots that... in that trailer are right out of the comics, is... which means they should be paying the artists of those comics. You're right. More, You're right. By the way, the weirdest thing of all of the of the people who are in the MCU is that there is this guy named Matthew Barry. He goes by the handle of the talented Mister Roto. He is a fantasy football analyst, and he is in the movies. He is in the MCU. What is he? I don't know how. He just has these bit parts where he shows up with like a suitcase and like he'll be in the films for like 30 seconds. But Mm. he's in them. It's so Mm. weird. Well, you remember that Olivia Munn is canon to the MCU. Right, right, yeah. She was in uh, Iron Man 2 But this is a fantasy football analyst for ESPN. Was he just like an extra in things? No, he he had like a talking role in like one of the last ones. It's very short. But he has a speaking role. He walks in with like a metal briefcase and hands it to somebody and Mm. delivers like one or two lines and he's gone and that's like it. But he's Mm. in it. It's rip bizarre. (laughs) Maybe Feige's a fantasy football fan. Maybe. It's possible. I don't know how he got in there. You never know why people are cameo in these Well, he runs uh, celebrity fantasy football leagues. I'm sure. So I'm guessing that's how he got in. It's still bizarre. All right. We got to move on. We have to move on. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about Lauren Lanning. How do you feel about Lauren Lanning, Matt? We've been in the industry a long time. We've rubbed yeah. el- we've rubbed elbows with him a lot of times. He he I, he has some uh, stances on things I do not agree with. See, I don't know about anything that he does personally, but I have been around him many many times, and he to me was one of the least friendly kind mm-hmm. of icons in the industry. Like when you, th- I think the chat's summing up summing up my reaction at this point. What? Who? Oh, he's just not relevant. Lauren Lanning. Yeah, I he mean, used I obviously to be. I know who he is, but he's not relevant. I mean, he used to be. Yeah, but that was like okay for the people of you who are saying who he is the head of the Odd World franchise, which I know now doesn't have a lot of relevancy. But back in the PS One, PS Two era, they were kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Those games. Sort of. It I mean, never, I never transitioned to three D very well. I never liked the Odd World games, so it's, yeah. it's always been kind of an irrelevant thing to me. The only one I think I really liked was uh, Stranger's Wrath. Yeah. Um. And even that was that was a like, shooter. Yeah, it was a shooter. But even that was sort of like, eh. yeah. Well, he used to be someone in the industry, and I've been around him way back when he was somebody. I've been around him when he's the his brand has waned. I hate calling someone a brand, but anyway. Um, and I he mean, has he never been was. nice. He has always been aloof and like always seemed like he was. I don't think I've ever met him. Really. He, like, I've interviewed him at least three or four times, but it was always, like, he was the guy that you'd show up to the interview, and he'd, like, be late, 
And then when he, he'd show up with his handler, he wouldn't apologize. And then because he's late, he's rushing the interview. And then he gets angry if you're like asking questions that are actually good questions. Like, I've just not had good vibes from the guy. Mm-hmm. I actually reached out to him to have him on episode of Three Night Weekend. He never even replied. Um, so I have not had good experiences with the guy. I don't know about his personal beliefs or anything like that. Um, but he, the latest Oddworld game, Oddworld Soulstorm, which we talked at length about on Game Face when it came out, and we were pretty much, like, lukewarm on it. Yeah, best. I mean, and look, man, I I know someone who is a huge, this guy is a huge, huge fan of the, the Oddworld games. Like, super, Soulstorm couldn't even finish it. Yeah. Like, he he was like, meh. Yeah, like, just, like I mean, it's kind of the game I'm, in a nutshell. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, doesn't matter whether you like Oddworld or not. Like, the reception on this game was just negative at at in general, or at least lukewarm. Lukewarm is kind of the kindest reaction I've seen. Yep. Well, what happened was he. I don't know if you even remember this, but it was a big game one month for PlayStation Plus. It mm-hmm. was a free giveaway, and it was for PlayStation Five. And when he signed the deal, the PlayStation Five was supply constrained and there weren't a lot of them out there and so he assumed that maybe they'd have fifty thousand downloads of the game or something like mm-hmm. that well they ended up delaying the game by three months and in that three months time a lot more people managed to get playstation 5s and so he had already signed the deal so three months later they put it up for free on playstation plus and it ended up getting like five million downloads and mm-hmm. he he's angry about it he he believes that that cost the studio a lot of money, and he says it was devastating to Oddworld Soulstorm. But he's working under the assumption that every person who downloaded the game was would have paid money for the game. Yeah, which, it mean, seems like developers do this a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you could still. Pro- I mean, what what was the original? They thought they were going to have like fifty thousand. Fifty thousand. No, he said no more than a hundred k. He said he expected. That seems really naive. He said he expected 50k, but he thought no more than 100k. That seems very naive, even for the amount of PlayStation. I mean, how many PlayStation 5 sold at launch? It had to be a. a There's like a million, that. I yeah. guess. Like, why would you? Why wouldn't people just download that? By do people download PlayStation Plus free games by default? Like, I don't even look at them most of the time. I just add them to the library and never think about it again. Like, not even if you. I mean, I guess you can still make the argument that, like, say, I don't know. Like ten percent of the people who downloaded it might have paid for it. Oh, correction, by the way, it was downloaded almost four million times, not five mm-hmm. million. So I want to get that right. But like, it's it's still kind of like I mean I still think a lot of that is just people just automatically download the free thing and don't think about it again. I'd be much more interested in how many people played it. I'd be really interested to see what percentage of people who download the free games for PlayStation Plus ever play them. Right. Because I don't think it's that I, mean, I don't even download them anymore because storage space is still so rare yeah so uh i think i mean uh, i don't download them either i just claim them yeah i put them in the library and i never think about them again yeah stupid <laughs> why do we do this because it's free it is but it's, it's so free weird. and we're paying for it so we might as well get the thing you know? like if you had told like 12 year old me back way back in the 80s and 90s or whatever that like there would be a service that I could pay for where I could play online, but I'd also get like all these free games and I would never play any of the free games. I'd tell you that you're insane. That there's no mm-hmm. way. But here I am. <laughs> I think we're just presented with so much choice. Yeah. At this a, point. A paralysis of choice thing in, in play. Yeah. And, and also just like who has that kind of time. Yeah. Who does? I back then I would have thought I would, but yeah. <laughs> I was just a child. Um 
So he he believes that the poor sales for Oddworld Soulstorm are due to this because the game tanked ultimately. Mm-hmm. Although he didn't share, you know, how many copies it sold on Xbox because if he had done that, then it would have blown his whole mm-hmm. argument to shreds because they'd have been like, oh well, it didn't sell on Xbox either, and he didn't give it away there. Well, clearly everybody has both, and they it was, it, there's no way around that really. Also, like I think it sold poorly because it's a bad game. I don't think it's a bad game. I just think it's a it's an old game that's lost to time. And yeah, well, I don't think it upgrades anything too much beyond the visuals. And I have never found these games interesting or compelling in any way. They're um, puzzle platformers. Yeah, but I like a lot. Of, I, I like Out of This World, and I like Flashback and mm-hmm. Prince of Persia. But these just leave me ice cold at all times. I don't think they're funny. I think... Like, I don't know. I like, hate the art style. I hate the characters. Yeah, the art style is off-putting in a weird way. Like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, like, really. So it does, I don't, I'm not the offended characters by aren't it. Appealing. I'm not upset They're by like it. these like, slimy, like, salamander yeah. creatures. <laughs> like, they're just Like, not... none of that, none of this is charming. It's just sort of no. like, it's like a weird mix of, like, just sort of off-putting and try-hard. Yeah. And I don't, I don't like, I've never liked it. This game in particular is one of the rare games these days. It was like two and a half D. Yeah. Um, there aren't many games like that anymore. Kirby and the Forgotten Lands, kind of two and a half D. A little bit, yeah. I mean, but you don't get some... the weird, like, this game would beat you over the head with it, where you'd yeah, be this, running this sideways, one, yeah, this and the camera really... would, like, pan around. and Yeah, this one really leans into it. Yeah, a lot yeah. more than most games do anymore. It's kind of a forgotten art style at this point, the yeah. two and a half D I mean, game. there's maybe a reason for that. Yeah. What do you think the answer is for games like this? Do you think it's smart to release them on PlayStation Plus? I mean, apparently he's not happy with it financially, so... Yeah. I mean, I think... We'd, it seemed like we'd always heard good news, like, as far as developers working with PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like maybe they just struck a bad deal with them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if you're if you're getting paid under the assumption that there will be 100K downloads, that's probably a different deal than if you were going to get 4 million. Yeah. And you should probably be striking a deal where you get paid a certain amount per download. Right. If they're even willing to agree to that. Yeah, I don't know if that's even and it on depends the table. On, you know, like, and it de- I don't know what Sony's deals are like. I know the people that I've talked to who are like indie game developers who uh, you know got on Game Pass said that you know most most of them said you know they made more money on the Game Pass deal than they did from actual all copies sold from all the other platforms combined. Yeah. So it was a good deal for them. But then if you're ex- if you're expecting sort of you know low to mid double A sales like Lauren seems to have been expecting, then that's I guess going to be a disappointment. Like. Um, well, or maybe not. I don't know. I, you know, I think the the, the four million uh, figure is is misleading in terms of interest for the game. It was just more of a, you know, and there might have been an element of like, you know, you see the 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 the, the icon or whatever for that. And you're like, what the hell is that? Like, you know, mm-hmm. there might have been a curiosity element to it, but I don't think that curiosity element would translate into what, what was it forty. 40 what? 40 bucks? Like, how much was it? Oh, I don't it? remember how much it was. Like, I, I have a hard time believing that that would translate. I think that into... sounds right, though. I mean, I'm guessing yeah. that's probably what, around what they were asking for. I have a hard for. time believing that would translate into full full price sales. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't think that's a calculation you can really make, is the problem. It's hard. Yeah. But let's not forget, either, that his studio delayed the game. They didn't yeah. get the game done in time. If, it had, if the team had got the game done in time, the team that he leads, they wouldn't have had this problem at all. Like, the, he doesn't bring that up. Like, you know, if we had actually got the game done when we were supposed to, that deal might have worked out okay. But the failings of his studio that he leads resulted in all these problems. So, do you think this puts a black eye on PlayStation Plus at all? Do you think other developers and studios will no. look at this? Me either. Yeah. I think are just going to look at it like, Lorne, you screwed up, dude. Yeah, I like, think you're targeting... So, I mean, 
clearly they're putting you know a lot of effort in a production <clears throat> production value and most likely uh, budget on this. But it feels like it feels like they just over budgeted a game that is not going to break. You know, games like this don't really break out of the indie space too often, and mm-hmm. they need to be budgeted as such. Yep. Um, you can certainly make a successful you know 2.5D side-scrolling action game. You know, look at Bloodstained or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, they happen all the time in that in that space, and then this is you know with all these high-end CGs and CG scenes yeah. and stuff. Like I feel like they're just sort of you know they aimed too high. They aimed real high. They're like I, Icarus. They clear, flew too close to the sun. And to be clear, I think some of these games could do well. You know, I don't think it's out of you know out of you know the realm of possibility. You could, I just don't think this is the one that's going to do it. Yeah, because it's just too weird. And you're right. The amount of money that they spent, because the CG in this is really good, mm-hmm. it, which means that they spent a lot of money on the CG. Like technically and presentationally, it's very good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's up there. But um, this license, this IP, is just. Yeah, I mean, part of me was just like, maybe I'd be more willing to watch like a CG movie of this than play this game because yeah. I just I, the, the but I don't the like game, the characters. Yeah, like, no, but I think you know, I think there might be be an audience there somewhere. Yeah, like I just don't. I I don't want to play. The gameplay of this, these games does not interest me. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of the weird mix of, like, puzzle solving and, like, kind of lemming stuff. Environmental guys, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's just not interesting. This um, game also got repetitive very quickly. Oh, yeah. It was like a three-trick. What's, what's the other Tony. thing? It's like, I know it's a remake of the second game, but it's like, you, did, it's, you haven't had any new ideas for this in 20 years? Like, right. You know, the, like, it's still the same thing. Yep. A lot of time to pass um, for... And if you're into any... it, I guess that that's a good thing. But to me, I was never particularly pulled in by these games. And I was, you know, you'd have to reinvent them more. You know, like Stranger's Wrath did. Stranger's Wrath was a huge reinvention of what an odd world game should be. And I thought that worked. And they, may, they maybe they should have kept going down that path. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but it just sort of disappeared after that. Because uh-huh. I, I can't remember how Stranger's Wrath sold. I don't um, remember either. It was mostly an original Xbox game. Plus, back then, expectations for sales were way different. Like, yeah. back then, if a game sold a million copies, it was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. And it definitely was going to get a sequel. That's not how it works anymore. Like, it's... Depending on expectations, if someone sells someone in chat talking about Square Enix's expectations and how unrealistic they are, that's a great example of it. You know, a game doesn't sell 15 million copies. Square Enix is like, oh, it's a massive failure and a disappointment. I also have a hard time believing that four months made the difference between 100,000 and four million. Yeah, like that's, yeah. It wasn't that easy to find a PlayStation no. 5. I mean, or, what, another two million consoles maybe were sold by then? If, uh, worldwide. Four months? Worldwide, right. yeah. Yeah, no. Yep. Um, and he said it was, for us, it was devastating. So I don't know if that means the studio's going to close. Mm. Will you miss them if they do? No, I mean I don't. I don't think anyone should lose their job over a bad decision like that. But like, that's how being a leader works, though. Yeah, if you're a poor leader. It costs everybody else. So, yeah, actions have consequences, and yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know anything about negotiating with Sony for a PlayStation Plus deal or how that yeah. works. But at the very least, it sounds least, like it wasn't a good deal for what they were expecting versus what they got. At the very least, I would hope it would convince the studio and Lorne to move on from Oddworld, even yeah. though the studio is called Oddworld Inhabitants. But like, clearly, they've got talent. They've got right. They've got skill here. They can. So make... if you work on something else yeah. with these people, you could have something. Yeah, special. just take those people and make something else. Make right. something you know more appealing. Agreed. Yep. So there you go. That's a little glimpse behind the curtain at what happens with PlayStation Plus. Um, but again, it's his fault. His studio delayed the game. The, the deal probably would have worked out just fine for him if they had it, got it done when they were supposed to get it done. They didn't, and they paid the price for it. Mm-hmm. And that's how it plays out. Okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next. I'm turn my paper over here. 
Going to talk next about one of the games that Matt has been playing this week that I have not been playing. You mm-hmm. dove back in again into No Man's Sky. There's a brand new update for it called Outlaws. Mm-hmm. And uh, how much time have you spent with it at this point? Oh, probably like 10-ish hours. 10 hours? So, yeah. Actually, probably more, more than that. But, like, on and off. Like, it's not a constant interaction thing, the update. It's just more like it enhances the space, the starship combat, mostly. Um so now there's like pirate raids and um, like a lot that you can build a squadron. You can there's like quests and stuff that are involved going and like liberating systems from outlaws. Uh, there are outlaw controlled systems. Um, so you go then they're marked with a skull. So you can land. You go go into the outlaw system, land on the outlaw space station, and there's a whole different layout and different group of of characters who are sort of like selling things but they're all contraband and they're all smuggling stuff so you can do smuggling and use contraband stuff and kind of do black market trades back and forth but that can mark your reputation so you have to also find these like ledger hack things that let you go so you go into like a, a legitimate space station and if you've already if you've been dealing with outlaws they're gonna not like you and not want to let you be there so you so can, wait are these brand new space stations that are completely uh, different from the old ones yeah oh i mean okay. they're still the, you still go in and land the same way but you know, they're like red and they you know everybody's got like like makeshift like booths set up instead of like the, the layout with the stairs uh-huh. and everything it's, it's much more ramshackle and there's like op- there's like you know barrels of on fire like on the space it's like it's uh it's it's more um you know desperate uh desperate poverty trying to scrape by it's the black market basically making, you know, drugs and everything it's, it's a very different thing uh-huh. um and uh but you so basically you if you deal with them too much you're gonna get blackballed by the legitimate uh side of things really and you have to like use these these items to go hack the central computer and like erase your your black market dealings oh interesting so a balance on that now. now the items that you get from the black market are there risks associated with the items like do they yeah are there, they, is there a chance it, that like they don't work properly or anything like that no but if if uh if you're carrying them you can get hit with like law enforcement like you, you can get in a fight with you know patrolling craft and that will you know make you mark you as an outlaw okay and you can that's what you need to repair your reputation for uh, and there's a couple of things, other things they added, like the solar sail uh, ships, which I think they showed briefly. There's one with a solar sail that kind of unfurls. What is the um, point of that? Does it? It just looks cool. Okay, so they it's added just a cosmetic. Lot, it's yeah, not. They added a bunch of other cosmetic, like those, that type of wing configuration. There is new. So there's a bunch of new ships and new uh, designs for the ships you can find. I've already seen a bunch of stuff I've never seen before. That's really cool. Um, and yeah, and so you can you can you can have a collection of more ships now. I think you could have uh, like four before now. You can have nine, um, and uh, uh, I'm all and they added capes, so you have cloaks and hoods now, um, which is fun. But I play in first person, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, you never see it. Um, and uh, yeah, so so the, and like there's been some issues where like. Um, so the, the the previous update before this was settlements. So you could like become the overseer of a settlement and like you build stuff and contribute resources and you kind of build this sort of functioning city after a while, which is really cool. Um, but pirates could attack it now. And so like pirates were attacking my city every three minutes or oh, so. Oh, geez. And so I, if I was waiting for something, because there's like stuff where you putting for, there's an outlaw station. This is what yeah. an outlaw station looks like. And there's even the barrels um, you were talking about. And you can... Um, so you can put in resources and stuff. To, so they build it. It takes like an hour or two hours to build some of these buildings. So you're mm-hmm. kind of waiting around doing stuff. And um, 
if you do that, you know, there's just pirates attacking constantly. And so, like, one of the first things I, I had did was have, build, have them build a spaceport so I could, like, land without using fuel. Because uh. I had to keep taking off. And, just, and eventually I would just teleport back to another space station and wait. Because it was just, otherwise I was just <laughs> kind of... Now, this morning they put, now, this morning they put a patch out that um, fixed that. So uh-huh. it was a bug. So they put oh, a patch out. Oh, it was a out bug. That, yeah, they weren't they're not supposed to attack that often. Uh, they also would do a thing where they'd, they'd land... Like, the, the pirates just land on my landing platforms, and no one could shoot them anymore, so I had to fly away from the settlement and come back, and if I came back, they'd reset so I could shoot them again. It was so very... It's a little buggy. A little bit, but they fixed all that this morning uh, with, like, a 9-gig patch. It always blows my mind. It's like you just released it, and then you fix it in, like, a day. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like that you just don't see it until, you know millions of people play it yeah and and then they're like oh well we know what the what the problem is there we've never seen it before yeah we never saw it widely enough um because this thing gathers telemetry like you wouldn't believe so they, they 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 do fix stuff pretty quick but it's cool and you can build you can build a squadron so like it's you know if i've I, if i've seen a ship that i think is cool um but i don't really want to have it in my collection i've just had them join my squadron and so you can call your squadron in and like they'll patrol things around you or they'll help you with a, spa- a tough space battle how uh, are the how's the ai on that stuff they're fine yeah they actually will shoot things down they've added a bunch of uh, cosmetic stuff to things like when you shoot a uh, a ship now you see the shield around it like mm-hmm. a big bubble of a shield and it'll pop when you oh, that's destroy, when you destroy the shield and then you you it'll show like real fire damage on the ship as you're shooting it down and when they explode there's a big like smoke and particle effects, like like it's a real big satisfying boom when these Mm -hmm. things explode. So it's much more dramatic than before, which is cool. Um, And uh, the fleets, I I did get in a fleet fight at one point and like fleet battles used to be like, there's there's usually like a big ship and like a few freighters and there would be like pirates. This was... I took a screenshot of it. This must have been thirty ships. In wow! The and the the, what the the lead thing was bigger than almost anything I've ever seen. It was it had a star destroyer back that was like it took me almost like half a minute to fly past. Wow! And like tons, it, it had like seven or eight pirates, which usually it's like four. Yeah. Um. So it's, it, they, they've improved the, the scale of it, and I'm sure if you progress more, like you'll you'll see bigger and bigger battles, which is really cool. Any um, changes to the stuff on the ground in Outlaws? Uh, not really that I've seen. Um. Uh, I mean everything. It's, it's also because I don't come back to it every single time they update. It's hard to know like what's right. Exactly what was just update. added here? But it's you know yeah. as you can see, it looks way better uh, than it used to. It's got uh, you know the the areas are, are impressive. Um, the ground looks like ground planet. You know you can actually spend some time on a planet looking around and feel like you're looking at a real place instead of it just being this copy and paste. Yeah, that that yeah. that that's long gone. Um, it's it's very very well done in that regard. Do you think um, this game needs to continue expanding, or do you think that they've kind of reached the oh, law think, of diminishing returns at this no, point? No, I mean, I, every expansion adds something worthwhile so far. Yeah. If they want to keep doing it, keep, I'll tell you one thing I still want. I want to be able to repaint my damn spaceships. You still can't do that? You can't repaint the spaceships a different color. Still? You can, re, you can repaint your, your giant capital ship. Yeah. You cannot repaint the starfighters so far. Why? I think they want you to just go find new stuff, but I think I should, if I find that, I want a full customization of the starships. Yeah. Like I want, even if I have to go jump through hoops or spend a lot of resources or spend special resources to like, you know, unlock the pieces or the paints or whatever, like I'll do, that's fine. That's fine. But like, I really want to be able to customize the ships. In some way, even if you I don't totally, me, I can totally understand. Even if you that. don't let me swap out pieces and parts and build my own, that's fine. But I want to be able to paint them. Like I saw, I saw this beautiful ship in the first system I was in. Actually, after the update, 
just flaw. I mean, just exactly what I would want from like the the you know the moving ships with the giant turbines and the whole like everything was great. But it was right there. It was that color yellow. Uh-huh. It was that guy's yellow. And I'm like, I don't want to look at that. I don't like that color. Uh-huh. And so I I recruited it into my squadron, but I didn't make it buy the ship. Right. And it right. was even an S class. It was perfect. It was it was like the, one of the best ships I've ever seen. But it was just the ugliest damn yellow <laughs> color, and I don't I don't want that. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. Have so. you found that it's you've run into other players more frequently in the game now than no, prior be- days? No. no, because I'm in a different galaxy. Oh. So I finished the game a couple times and have ended up in like uh, you know you can reboot and go to a different galaxy. You can go back and forth if you have like established bases and in the you know Euclid is the original the galaxy most people start in. Yep. But I'm like a few other galaxies through and like so I picked this other one that's supposed to be like you're supposed to be able to find more interesting planets. Um, and which is true so far. I, f- I find bar- paradise planets and like all these crazy grasslands and all these. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really cool, but there's just not that many people. Um, if you so you intentionally see, left all the people behind. Yeah. If you want to see people, you got to go to um, uh, the the anomaly, which is like kind of the hub thing. Yeah. Or if you do the community events, so like I did the community event for the to get the Normandy and the community event for for this new update and stuff. And that like they send you to specific planets and specific places, and that's kind of the same for everybody. So you will go. It was, well, that was interesting because it's the first time I've been to a lot of places that had already been discovered. Mm-hmm. You know, it was stuff that is long. You know, it, it was like almost like finding like a highway. Interesting. That, like, people had traveled here because it was everything was named, everything was discovered. You actually did see other ships fly around. You you found like bases people had built on like quest locations that were like a giant tower that just said like here you know because uh. sometimes it's hard to track it down <laughs> yeah, so people yeah. just build landmarks interesting so that was interesting that was fun yeah um but yeah you know you still i mean th- these things are gigantic yeah they, i mean this game is gigantic and they've added things where it's like you know for a while in the in the in the galaxy i'm in i've just been sort of traveling inward towards the core of the galaxy as far as I could every time I did a jump. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, eventually I'll get to the center and I'll be fine. But you can't, you couldn't really tell how far you were. Now with this, either this update or the last one, they added like once you point yourself at the galactic center, it tells you how many light years you are. Oh. The galactic center. I am 668,000 light years. <laughs> I can jump 3,000 light years at a time. Wow. Um, that's going to take a while. Yeah. So, yeah, is, is the odds that you'll find anyone if you're not doing kind of the community events that, that kind of guide you through these areas. Or if you're on in the Euclid galaxy is pretty well explored, especially once you get closer to the center, the other, that first galaxy yeah. that people start in. You're, I did notice running through there, um, especially for some of the quests, like it was hard to find an undiscovered star system. No. Like just even just roaming through the galaxy map as best I could, I was just finding it's like found systems. And at one point, one of the quests I had to do was discover and name a system. Oh. So, which makes it even worse if people were just branching out from the same area. Right, right. And I had to go out. You just had to keep way going. out to huh. find something, which is actually cool. You know, like that's, yeah. I don't mind that, but it's like, you know, it's a, it's a it's a thing that kind of makes you like really dig into the game system a little bit and see like oh yeah I gotta find out find an unexplored planet that's a new thing I haven't had to do before. Now this is a free update, right? All the updates yep, have been all the free. updates are free. That's pretty amazing. It honestly, it's amazing what this game has yeah, this, done. This is, this is one of the I mean even yeah I love the original game at launch anyway, but like yep. this is one of the biggest turnaround stories in the history of the medium. Yep, like, which actually transitions perfectly, and it was designed this way into our next topic. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, pick this, pick this up. If I mean, if you haven't played No Man's Sky since it came out, this is a completely different game and a half. Yeah, um, and it still apparently does really well. You know, they sold you know millions of copies at launch, 
and this thing, it's they sell another batch every time they put a big update out. And the price on this game has never fallen below half price. Really? They've never put this lower than thirty bucks. Yeah, and it still sells because it's worth thirty bucks. And it's like, it's it's this game turned six in August. It's insane, dude. Like it's it that's really a long is time, and it's, it's you know the the the, the next gen updates look good. There's like some ray tracing stuff. The reflections look cool. It runs at like a pretty solid sixty. Like you can you can yeah have companion animals. I, I I use DNA splicing to make a bigger version of one of the animals I had, and it's it's it has a personality, and you can ride it, and it's 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 crazy. Like there's so much in this. It game. is an insane game at this point. So much in the game, particularly when you consider where it started. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty amazing what it's become ultimately. Yeah, this is a this is a text I mean, it's they're in an unusual situation where they're such a small company and they they know exactly what they wanted to do but they weren't able to achieve it and they sold so well that they you know, they had years of operating budget just off the the launch sales mm-hmm. and they just decided let's let's reinvest it and let's make this game what we wanted and let's make this game what people wanted it to be. And they did it, and now they, in some I, ways, what they I'd had promised they, too. Yeah, but I'd say they they hit what they promised probably two years ago, and they're still making more yeah, yeah. things oh, that agreed. no one even considered. Agreed. Yeah, uh, Vincent know? brings up a good point. He says, "Don't forget it's on Game Pass." So yeah. if you're a Game yeah. Pass member, you can get the and, and this new update for free as well. And you can like, just weird little things. I didn't even you know you can build all the vehicles and the exocraft, and you know you can build a giant mech. I'm like cool, a giant mech. But I didn't know there's another quest in this one that must have been like the last couple updates because I haven't played it since then. You go through this whole quest, and you basically get all this extra armor covering for the for the for the mech, and then you add a thing that gives it an AI. Hmm. So now this mech can just follow you around and help you in fights, and like it's it's like a companion mech. Huh, that's and pretty cool. And if you need to, you can jump into it and pilot it too. Oh, really? It's it's there's so much cool stuff in here. Yeah, it's pretty amazing what they've done. Yeah, and again, that transitions nicely to the next topic, which is saving dying games. So yeah. this week, Matt. It was announced that Battlefield 2042 fell below a thousand concurrent players, and everyone thought that was terrible, and it is mm. because Battlefield well, Five. Battlefield, yeah. Well, right, Battlefield Five, which is still active, had twenty thousand concurrent players in that same yeah. time frame, which in its old people have clearly decided what they want, which to play. one they want to yeah. play. Yep, we thought that was insane, and then we found out that a game you mentioned earlier, Babylon's Fall, its concurrent player count fell below ten. Mm-hmm. 10 players, Matt. Yeah. Well, now, to be fair, their all-time 24-hour peak on Steam for Babylon's Fall was 148. This is a disaster. This is this is a bomb of unprecedented proportions. It is, and Square Enix still is, like, double and tripling down on it. Well, they, they've thrown too much money into it. They, they have, have to try. Because it's a studio, Platinum already has a bunch of DLC done, mm-hmm. and it is working on other DLC and so what I wanted to, to, to discuss here is... Abort, a, abort. Like, everybody just do something else. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, you can't say Babylon's Fall. Like, this... It's, it's over. Bad money over. after good. Yeah. Um, there, you, want, you want to talk about negotiating a PlayStation Plus deal. <laughs> You're right, though. So that's what I want to discuss, though, is reviving games like this. Because No Man's Sky did it. Mm-hmm. Now, it had huge sales out of the gate. People bought it. Um regardless also it had a really cool idea it did babylon's fall does not but people were very disappointed with it at launch Mm -hmm. or at least they said they were um and somehow hello games managed to rebuild faith because here's so here's another thing when this expansion came out for no man's sky hello games also announced that it is working on a new game that is even more ambitious than Mm -hmm. no man's sky they said that 
if we told you we had a thousand people working on the game, you would still tell us it's not enough people already kind of doing the same thing it did before with promising this pie in the sky Mm -hmm. game. It, some people are saying it didn't learn its lesson. So I think they did. And if they were there, if they're saying that they got something up there, I kind of believe that too, but we're just not going to see it until it's really, really ready. Right. Like, so, They're not going to make that mistake again. So this is kind of an apples and oranges comparison. Sean Murray because, will never do another interview. <laughs> he really should. Because No Man's Sky had all that money at the launch to use to build the rest of the mm-hmm. game and keep building on the game. Um, you talk about Battlefield 2042. Also, there's like 15 people at that company. It's a very right. small operation. Yeah. So apples and oranges. These yeah. are big studios. Platinum... I don't think that team was all that big for Babylon's no, fall. but Square is right. a mega corporation. Battlefield 2042 had a gigantic team. Yeah. And it also has plenty of resources to do what it needs to do to... Except to... time. <laughs> That's the question, though. How do you figure out, one, if a game is worth reviving, and if you decide that it is, how do you go about reviving it? Um, I mean, I think they are only very rarely worth reviving. Um, and generally, what needs to happen is you need to start over. Like, which is um, very, I mean, in some ways what No Man's Sky did. Like, No Man's Sky began with sort of fixing, patching the holes, but then, like, you know, that is a different game now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Like, the game that's on that disc is not recognizable compared to what it is today, um, down to what elements are building what, you know? Uh Whereas, and I, you know, I think the other big success, starting over success story, is probably Final Fantasy XIV. That's which, another good again, one. Again, yep. they 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 literally ended the world, shut it down, built another game, and relaunched it with a complete acknowledgement of like we fucked it up. We're gonna try it again. They're actually and it worked. They're it's, actually doing that with um, great. Ark Survival Evolved on Switch right now. Mm. So it launched for Switch. It was a complete mess and a disaster. But the studio realizes. You know, a lot of kids play our game. There's a lot, you know, Nintendo platforms. A lot of the younger kids spend a lot of time playing on Nintendo's platforms. It's probably worth it for us to just completely rebuild the game from scratch for Switch because it will ultimately pay off for us. Yeah. Is that that an algorithm that every studio needs to kind of figure out before it decides whether it's worth doubling down on a game? Somewhat. I think Ark is helped by the fact that there's not really anything else like it on Switch. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot like it on a bunch of things, but Switch particularly. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean... Look, there's you know there's the old throwing good money after bad problem. I think I think, I mean I don't know what Square's specifics are, but like you got to cut and run from Babylon's Fall, like unless you unless there's contract shit to fulfill, right? That nobody can get out of. Like you're not bringing that game back from the brink. It's over. now the president of Square Enix just said last week that they are, they're not. They're gonna stick with it they believe in the product well they're stupid they, <laughs> when re- your your player counts down to like double I'm not, digits i'm not gonna call something a lost cause all that often but like no no like like babylon's fall was a loser from the start you could tell from the early stuff yeah and then and then once you get your hands on it you're like oh no yeah like, you can't fix this like you could tear it down to the, to the ground and rebuild it again but like why right like because the, the idea wasn't intriguing enough to get people on no. board. No. It would have been better if you just let them make it make Guard 4. Yeah. What about Battlefield 2042, though? It's a franchise that traditionally has done very well, both financially and, and for the most part, mm-hmm. critically. It, it has a 
huge fan base in general. I mean, yeah, but that fan base went back to five. It so. did, but is it too late to try to get them back? And Seems if- to be, yeah, I think it is. I think 2042 is a lost cause. Um, and I think you need to take some time and you need to acknowledge that these things don't need to come out every year and you know, really decide whether, you know, whether we want to update these things as a platform and keep building on what's already there or if we have a good enough idea or reason to launch a new version. You know, yeah, I think these things need to last three, four, five years. I think you need to start thinking about the idea that a Battlefield game or a Call of Duty game or a Madden game needs to launch early on in a system's life and that is the game for that system's life. Like, you just keep updating it and adding to it, but you do not relaunch it over and over again. You don't have a team make a different Battlefield game every year. Now, the problem, though, with that is if you want to, like, try different eras, this is, like, near future Battlefield. There's yeah, been, you, you can, know, you just have World a pl- War II you just Battlefield. You have a platform called Battlefield, and you can do whatever the hell you, you choose want. choose whatever era you want to yeah, play in. Pick an era. You have a nice little timeline interface or something. Like, I'm going to pick World War One today. I'm going to pick the future today. I'm going to pick this weird bad company thing today. You know? Well, the other problem too with this game in particular is the dice seems to be in denial over why the game has not done well. Mm-hmm. It, it blamed the launch of Halo Infinite for... That's nuts. I know. Like that. <laughs> I know. So maybe the first thing you have to be able to do... Halo Infinite's got its own problems. I mean, maybe the first thing you have to do is accept the, the real problem, the real issue with why the game isn't successful instead of making excuses for why it's not successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can look at this footage that we have here. There's bugs oh, all yeah. over the place, like Bonk. <laughs> everywhere. Like, well, the- it's also like you, you, they're. It's funny that like these, you know, the, especially like EA and the big companies, like they embraced the kind of the the endless treadmill of online gaming plus the microtransaction model. But it's like you're not acknowledging that like you've spent all this time and effort trying to like find a way to hook people into these things and get them like addicted to, you know, filling the line up and to like being, you know, attached to all the things they've spent real money on, on buying to enhance their characters and and enhance their cosmetics and stuff. But then you still want them to buy a totally different game every month, every year and start over again. Yeah. And like, you can't do both of those things. Like the, the center was not going to be able to hold at some point, and at some point you're going to make something that isn't enticing enough for any for enough people to leave the previous game they're invested in to move on to that. And that finally happened here. Yeah. Like everybody was decided, like, no, I'm going to stick with everything I put into Battle Babylon, ba- Babylon Five, the, ba- <laughs> the Battlefield Five. That I mean, also funny, Babylon though. Five. Um, that's funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like that's you know the the you finally you finally broke the back of of this of this model basically bunko in chat brings up a good counterpoint he says if you were to have a platform that had all those eras in it the install size would just be gigantic true and that but is it already is it is <laughs> i mean these well that, to his point though this game's probably 100 gigs at this point you start tacking on yeah. battlefield 5 you you get up to like half a terabyte well, I think at that point you maybe just need to decide where what what era does Battlefield take place in, or you just let people install the eras, so you just install yeah, whatever era you want to play. I think you're fracturing the user base at that yeah, point. Yeah, you are. Um, yeah. I think you need to decide what Battlefield is. Is it a World War II game? Is it a modern combat game? Is it a near future game? Is it a far future game? Like, pick one. Pick one and make it good. Hmm. Like that'll you know. I th- I think kind of what Twenty Forty Two do is doing is sort of probably the sweet spot in terms of like the hardware you get to play with. Yeah. Um, and kind of differentiating it from what Call of Duty tends to do these days. Yeah. Um, my favorite Battlefield, of course, from God, that's so bad. It's so the bad. Skybox. The Skybox is completely yeah. just 
disappeared. Just unbelievable. Um, the uh, you know obviously my favorite battlefield is probably still twenty uh, nineteen forty two. Like you know the, I don't think battlefields ever topped it with a Wake Island demo. Basically, yeah, <laughs> um, that was kind of the peak, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it was cool. And I remember when when it finally came out, you know, because we played that for what like eight months or uh, something. Yeah. It was forever. Yeah, pretty crazy. And it finally the full thing came out. We're like, oh my god, finally all these other maps and stuff. We get to play all these other battles and like different sides, and you know, get to play the Russians and it. And like, I think it was like two days before I was like, we just, should we just play Wake Island again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, even EA gave up. Dice after gave up after a while, where they're like, okay, here's a Wake Island only mode. Just yeah. you know, play Wake Island over <laughs> and over again. Sweet Cheeks Magoo asks, is there a legal liability to fix games? Can releasing a broken game be seen as a scam? No. No, but maybe it should be. Yeah, but good luck getting that through a con- the Congress run by ancient boomers. Yeah, you know, like maybe one day when like the people who make those decisions are like actually you know, understand how games work. Yeah, if you're talking about people our age and younger, you know, in like thirty years, like I bet that would be something you could get through Congress or something. Yeah. Uh, right now, you need to explain to Mitch McConnell what a video game is, and yeah, you're never good luck get with that, that one. They don't care. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, and you need a lobby. You need a lobby that will like give them some kind of financial thing of like, oh, it's in your best interest to have this not happen because you're all shareholders in these companies and you don't want cutting consumers to be unhappy. So if you give them this, it gives them some kind of out and maybe gives them. I don't know. You establish some kind of FDIC for <laughs> video game coding <laughs> errors or something. Also, a lot of our politicians just yeah intrinsically are going to support big business they're not going to support the little guy because big business is what gives them money for their campaigns it's very hard to i mean look if you can go around if you can have entire shops that sell you magic crystals right like cleanse people (laughs) and like it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter like you can't prove any of this stuff there's no such thing i mean unless it actively harms somebody yeah it's you know as, as long as you can show that like you know, I bought this game and I it boots up and I can run around and shoot people with a gun in in a digital space. Like then you're, it's you're, gonna be hard to prove. It's gonna be real hard to prove people. you didn't get what you paid for. You know, <laughs> it's true. Like there's yeah. a level of nuance there that I just don't think you're ever gonna be able to get past as some kind of like consumer protection thing. It's just too it's too nuanced and 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 beyond that, it's not even like a, an established product that everybody can pick up and hold in their hand and say that this works or doesn't work. You know, whether code works on your on a system or not can be varying depending on the situation. You know, every it's no, too I do think variable. if you released a game that was completely broken. Oh sure, like I feel like you then, could probably you could probably get have a case a class, class action, action case lawsuit for like yeah. big rigs over the road racing where you or get something, paid like a dollar eighty two. Yeah, <laughs> and some lawyer ends yeah. up making like four hundred million dollars, and every single person who got th- burned, yeah. like a few things like that have happened. I think. Yeah, I, I remember a couple. Yeah, things they like have. That, like, Where people, the lawyers get rich and everybody else gets paid. Like, but a usually, buck 50. You know, I mean, people tried to do that with No Man's Sky, and it didn't work. Like, yeah, it doesn't. You know, it, you're never going to get that level of nuance out of that. Yep. Um, especially because like whether it's good or bad remains uh, an element of opinion. Like it's one thing if you prove that a, that a toy can harm a child or like that it doesn't you know it, it doesn't act as advertised the X-ray specs you bought don't actually let you see through the bones in your hand yeah but like you know but the, and also you have a whole reasonable expectation thing on that too what about player count Matt at what point do you think you get to the point where there's not enough players to revive a game. Like, I would argue a thousand. It's your way past. Yeah, well, especially with like a thousand in a game where like there's 64 player battles. Yeah. Like, that's, a, that's an appreciable. That's like, like three you've games. Got, you've got close to 10% <laughs> of the player base in one game at that's that point. That's true. That's hilarious. And Cinetype brings up Cyberpunk 2077 was arguably a defective product when it launched for PS4. Yeah, that's true. And I think there Sky- were. Class- Skyrim, obviously, uh, arguably was never anything but that on PS3. That's true. Yeah. 
And I think there were class action lawsuits for cyberpunk. They tried, but nothing happened. It's, yeah. It's not a, you know. It's hard. Yeah. it's Class action stuff like that is, A, very hard to, to, to get any traction or proof on, and B, once you're in the realm of tech like this and, and programming and, and what video games are, like, you, you have to establish all this. You basically have to give the jury or the judge a crash course in how to teach game them. programming works. Yeah. And it's just not worth it. Like, you're gonna, it's not going to work. Yeah. It doesn't do you any good. And by the time, like, any of that would all, you know, again, by the time, you know, it took a long time for them to update Cyberpunk to work properly, you know, in some kind of passable manner. But it still happened faster than you could bring lawsuits again. Before, them. yeah. By the time you yeah. went to court, it would be fixed. Yeah. I mean, you could use it as a tactic to get them to fix the game, maybe. Yeah, but you're still spending that money. You are. Yeah. You have to find a lawyer who will take the case pro bono. And that's not always easy. And, there's, uh, and again, there's no there's no glory in that for, for a lawyer. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I would argue Battlefield 20. I agree with you. It's a lost cause. If you're mm-hmm. a thousand people... I mean, you figure there's yeah, probably... Yeah, what in the world could this game do to bring you back to it? And there's probably, you know, on PlayStation, there's probably 5,000. On Xbox, there's another 5,000. Mm-hmm. Still, that's not enough. No. Even if you change the game drastically, there's not enough evangelists left to go out and tell your story to social media no. to get people to come back and play. No, it's a running game. I think it's more possible with, with single-player things because you've already got the game. Right. You know, cyber, you know, Cyberpunk, and I know No Man's Sky was is multiplayer, technically, but, like... You know, it's one. Th- it's. It, I think it's different when it's like a game that does not require constant online engagement with an active audience of players yep. versus something that I, you know, like Cyberpunk. I just was like, I get tired of dealing with it, so I just put it aside. And then when they put that patch out a year and a half later, I started playing it again. Now, do you think like, a that's game a lot like... easier to re- get somebody to reengage with? Yeah. So Babylon's Fall, you can play by yourself. Yeah, it's, but it's harder really to play by you yourself. To. Yeah, and you. It's preferable to play with others, but you can. Yeah, theoretically, you could you could kind of patch that and rebalance it so it's more of a single player game. Um, I just don't. It's not a good game, right? You know. Yeah. And beyond, beyond like you know, not being a good game in the sense that like you know that No Man's Sky was not a good game. Babylon's Fall isn't even a good idea for a game. Yeah. You know, like that's the problem. Well, it feels like, like a throwback. No Man's MMO. Sky had promise, and No Man you can see like you know they built towards this idea that they had and that we had in our heads about what the game could or should be. Babylon's Fall is just a generic hack and slash with a bunch of, you know, game as a service stuff getting in the way. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's basically like Fantasy Star Online. Yeah, like just go play Astral Chain if you want to play a Platinum game or go play Nier or, you know, hell, play Transformers Devastation. Like there's there's so many, if you want the, the, the Platinum Games combat hit, there's like seven other things you could play instead. And if you want like a well, game this of also service style thing, the just combat in this isn't really vintage no. platinum either. I mean, or if you want like weird shit from that same team, go play Near or Drakengard. Drac- yeah, like there's way other, there's a lot of other options. Uh, Babylon's Fall is not something worth saving in part because it's not trying to do anything that other things haven't done better from the same companies. Yeah. Yep. It's. It's hard to understand what happened with that game. I mean, for God's sake, even Avengers is better than this. Oh, yeah. I'd much rather play Avengers than play Babylon's Fall, without a doubt. So, ugly, look, at, look at those ugly-ass clothes. What well, look is, at the hair, What dude. is he wearing? What is I mean, that? Look at the hair. Are they wearing plastic? Like, what <laughs> no, is happening? It's so bad. Every time we watch this B-roll, it's just... <laughs> no one was ever meant to see these characters as close-up, including the person who made them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess we can both agree that both Babylon's Fall and Battlefield 2042 are lost causes. I mean, I think Babylon's Fall is more of a... More so. Yeah. I mean, like, 
at least I could see Battlefield coming back in a different iteration. You know, you could put you can put another Battlefield game out in the future and sort of redeem yourself with it. Babylon's Fall should be buried dark somewhere deep. <laughs> do you think somewhere that, alongside the, the radioactive waste? Do you think that taking a game down and announcing we're going to rebuild this game? Do you think that gives you enough? juice that maybe when it comes back people might give it another chance uh, do you think it's a better at the very least do you think it's a better tactic than just leaving the game up and slowly updating it over time i don't think it matters if you don't have uh, a plan or something worthwhile yeah like, was it, it was the right the right call for final fantasy 14 was to start over mm-hmm. the right call with babylon's fall is probably just let it die and walk away mm-hmm. because it's not worth anybody's time yeah um Battlefield, like I think, twenty forty two, you you walk away and you know maybe and maybe offer some kind of refund thing or or whatever. Um, <laughs> Here's some skins for the next Battlefield. Skins, got, <laughs> yeah, free copies of something. I really would look into like very seriously, like you know, work on the next Battlefield, make sure it's really good. And if you own Battlefield twenty forty two, you get some kind of like trade in thing for like certain like fifty percent off or something. Or you could do um, something where, like, in the next Battlefield, you get, like, this tank that only the people who bought Battlefield 2042 get or something. Yeah, but you're going to run it. Now you're just going to piss people off again. Yeah. it's like, you don't, you don't want to give anybody an actual advantage for, for that. You the, wanna... the other thing, too, is the way that game works. It's like, how do you? How are you the only one who can spawn that tank? It, like, just, mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't work within the framework of the game either. No, so. you got to give somebody some kind of monetary incentive to get involved in the next game. Yep. Um, and you need to take special care that the people who invested in your failed one don't feel like they got screwed. Yep. Um, with Babylon's Fall, I think you just have to sort of cut your losses because it's not like you're ever going to need to try to sell somebody Babylon's Fall 2. Yeah, I don't think there's a sequel coming for this one. But, but, but Battlefield <laughs> needs to find a way to get people to re-engage. And, That's a good uh, point. you also have to not find... You have to do it in a way that doesn't make the people who spent 60 or more on 2042 sc- any more screwed than they already are. Yeah. Yep. Um, it'll be interesting to see what EA does and what DICE does, because I sa- as I said, they have really yet to take responsibility for making a bad game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the first step for any of this is admitting you screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with generally well, sure in life, some... with any mistake you make, the first the first step to fixing it is always admitting you made the mistake yeah, in the well, first place. I'm sure place. that part of it has to be that like they probably blame EA for it, and I'm sure EA thinks it's DICE's fault. You know, right. There's a lot of finger pointing internally, I'm sure, because you know maybe it was marketing that forced them to you know not be able to delay the game. You know, who knows? Well, I mean, uh, outwardly, as someone who didn't work on the obviously didn't work on the project, it seems like it's more EA's fault because how could you play the game and not right, know not it's know. broken yeah. and then force the the studio to I mean, that, yeah, put the it game out? Needed another year, basically, yeah. and EA wouldn't give it to them. Would be my my guess. Yeah. Um, again, like they need to learn that these big franchise shooters do not need to come out yearly. Yeah, like, I agree. It's just not, you know. Well, they even figured it out with Call of Duty. Yeah, Call of Duty. I mean, Finally. Well, it took Microsoft buying right. them to do that. <laughs> yep. First, first year without a new Call of Duty since 2007. Yeah, we don't have to like worry about shareholders bailing because you don't have a new game every year. It's funny what you can do. Yeah. Or if it's like not the only one of one game you put out every year. Right. You know, because Act- I mean, what else does Activision do? Especially when you remove Blizzard. From the I mean, equipment. Activision itself, not a lot. You get a crash, something or other, every other year, basically. If I mean, yeah, that's only recent. Then you get these weird one-offs like Sekiro that just come out of nowhere. Yeah, and that was just a publishing deal. Right. Yeah. It's just like, it's yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird that, you know, it's, I mean, it shows what a juggernaut Call of Duty is, that they can survive on just that game, basically. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, look, they're going to put out a new Warzone next year. Yeah. And which, look at... Uh, which will make EA is pretty much the same thing at this point. It's like, yeah. what, EA's like, th- what, three games now? Pretty much. I mean, all publishers are. That's why we're in this crazy drought that we're going to be in for the next two months, Matt. Because mm-hmm. publishers just aren't releasing games anymore. It's completely different from the way it was even ten years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's still indie stuff coming out. Yeah, but, man. I, I've been looking for good indie stuff to play to talk about on this show. And there just it, there isn't a lot of that either. Uh, go, uh, I mean, it's a, lot, a lot of it's only PC. It's yeah. part of the issue. You know, if you're just browsing the consoles, you're going to say, uh... I mean, I browse everything. I work on Sifted. Play like, Norco. I see everything. Play what? Norco. Norco? Norco. I'll look into it. I will. But again, you'll see what I ended up playing a, this week here in a, a bit. Point, I mean, it's a point-and-click adventure game. Yeah. But it's, I'm okay with it's that. A, it's a southern gothic like horror kind of style thing with uh, some cybery things to it. It's very unique. Matt, we get into like the second week of May, you're going to be shocked at what we're playing. <laughs> yep. So anyway, it sounds like we've came to the conclusion that for the most part, once games get to the state that these two games are at, there's really no saving them at all. Um, no Man's Sky had a lot of negative consumer sentiment, but it had a workable game. It didn't quite have all the features, and it had a ton of money that it could use to fix a lot of the problems that the game had had. So it is kind of a unique case with No Man's Sky versus uh-huh. a lot of other games that come out of the gate really weakly. But... I think really what I've realized through this discussion is that No Man's Sky is kind of a unicorn. Like that stuff, it just doesn't happen very often that you put out a game that's bad, that's rejected by fans who are excited to play it, and you manage to turn it around to a place where people, I look, I trust Hello Games. Do you? Yeah. I mean, now I do. Right. And when that game came out, I would have, at that point, I'd have been like, well, crap, I don't trust these guys at all. I would probably never buy another game from these guys. And here we sit six years later and it did take a long time, but I'm ready to believe again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm excited about this game that they're talking about now. That's looks like it could take a thousand people to make. Like, I'm like, all right, <laughs> got me again. It, I mean, am I being a sucker? Um, maybe we'll see. Yeah. But you believe too, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I do think they've learned something from all this. How could you not? Yeah. And they're just, I'm sure they're not going to show us anything for it until they're sure it's ready to go. <laughs> and I have a feeling they're going to be uh, a lot more reserved with what they talk about before the game comes out. Yeah. And maybe sure. make sure that the features that they're talking about like, are We're probably actually, not going to find out what that game is until like a month before release. That'd be my guess, too. Yeah. Like, really know what it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there you go. That's Matt and I trying to figure out whether you should revive games and if it's worth it. And I think we've come to the conclusion that it's not. Like, it's just better to cut bait and move on if you have a real big stinker in the games industry. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about crypto and NFTs. I know it's something everybody loves to hear about because I know our audience is all about the crypto and the NFT. I will say this about y'all. Y'all. I am proud that our community has seen through the visage of crypto and NFT because... A lot of communities online have not done that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about crypto, Matt? Crypto, like just like Bitcoin or Ethereum? Oh, that's nonsense. Yeah, you're, 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 did you buy uh, any Bitcoin? Of course not. No, like I, even back in the day, I own land. I yeah. don't need you fake own the real things. thing. Yeah. Um, the uh, the thing about crypto is like it's yeah. I even saw a thing the other day where like this company was like a you know a crypto uh, broker thing and some they. 
I mean, they say they got hacked or whatever. They got st- all the, all the coins got stolen by some, you know. I mean, what it really probably is is like somebody clicked something they weren't supposed. I mean, most of the crypto like theft things are because some, you know, it's so unregulated that people don't know what's legit and what isn't, and they accidentally give somebody access to things they shouldn't have. Yeah. And they posted a thing that said, um, "If you return ninety percent of what you stole from us, we'll let you keep the remaining ten percent." <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so you're saying like, if you bring back 90% and let, we'll let you keep 10%, or you can just keep 100% and we can't do anything about it. I don't think that offer is really going to, and it's kind of interesting to watch like the crypto bros slowly discover why the FDIC is a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a reason the Fed exists. There's yeah. a reason all these safeguards are there. There's a reason you don't trust your, your general, you know, 10, you know, currency to some guy. But you know, you even know? the FDIC only backs you to like 250k and they don't know that either you got people losing i mean i think this the theft in question was like 70 million dollars right right yeah and it's just but at the same time the only reason that is it's it's valued at that but try to get that much actual cash for it and you're not gonna you know that's why the nft thing is is a pyramid scheme was because if you want to actually get the value of what the perceived value is out of this into real money, new money needs to come into the system. Right. So you have to be, you know, sort of like how Amway works. You, you mm-hmm. know, you need other people spending money to buy these products so you can make the money back and don't need to have the product around anymore. And, and Cutco knives right. are that way too. Yeah. yeah. And the biggest element, the, the biggest tell on this is that if something really does make you that kind of money that easily, you don't tell anybody about it. Right. Like yeah, they'd be keeping you want it to themselves. It. <laughs> exactly. But they need new liquid cash to be infused to make it a legitimate or a functional like system, and that's why they need new blood. Yeah. Um so crypto stuff, like there is sort of probably a future for the blockchain in terms of how currency works on a kind of a, a macro federal level, but right now you're looking at what is essentially a hobby from people who don't know any better to some degree. Oh and blockchain you know, is also a good verification yeah. system. Well blockchain, yeah, blockchain is just a just a a, a method mm-hmm. basically it's not it's not a, a thing yeah. in, in itself really uh and it's a technology that will be used for many things in the future mm-hmm. um but it ain't this yeah like it's 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 just it's just sort of a weird side road to that and the nft stuff is even weirder um that's that's a and the thing is like the, the nft stuff is such a tiny tiny fraction of the crypto you know crypto i think it was something like 325 million people have some kind of cryptocurrencies in some form, and something like three hundred thousand have NFTs. That's nothing. Yeah, it's I just nothing. I just sold on my crypto not long ago when they were talking about how Russia was using crypto to get around the financial sanctions. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's I'm out. I, I mean, just sold ex- everything yeah. I had. I didn't have a ton, but it's extremely volatile. On top of it, it's it's like you know, like Bitcoin. I think is legit. I think it's going to stick around. Yeah, I mean, it do, It more or less does what it says, but it's just sort of, you know, at a certain point, this is all going to settle into being just sort of another way to pay for things. Like that, PayPal or Venmo yeah. or whatever. Yeah, the, the the evangelism is unwarranted. It's just sort of another way to do it, yeah. you know? Um, and it'll, some, the, the big players will settle into that kind of thing, or like maybe even Ethereum. And so, you know, Ethereum is sort of a Ethereum's weird, borderline, like its yeah. value is like pretty stable yeah it, I mean, but its value is only three thousand yeah per but, coin right now I so mean, it doesn't take a lot for it to go to zero like bitcoin can lose ten thousand in value mm-hmm. and a month later it's back it's like a stock almost really yeah i mean it's essentially that with like you're it's never gonna just explode again like it did like you've missed the boat really is what i'm getting mm-hmm. at with getting rich off of bitcoin 
And what a lot of people are doing is they're chasing that same yeah. thing with all these little coins. They're like, oh, it's pathetic, honestly, watching these people like go and because they're pumping it. So they're trying to get people to buy. Mm -hmm. It's the pyramid scheme. They're pumping it on their social media channels, trying to get people to buy it so that the coin value goes up so they can sell all the coin that they have and they can cash out leaving all the people who are underneath them, underneath the pyramid with Only nothing. The because the yeah. if you sell all your coin, the value of the coin goes down. Mm -hmm. All the people at the bottom who bought it also at a higher price, now all of a sudden they've lost all their money right. and the person at the top takes the cash and runs. And you guys are probably wondering why we're talking about this. And that's because there's a game called Axie Infinity that is really... Which I had never heard of before this week. Before this week? Yeah. I've... Pactor talked about it on Pactor Factor mm. like a month and a half ago. So I ended up doing some research on it and learning about it then. But this is a game where it's... It basically is a pyramid scheme. You... People come in and the axes are... And let me just get the B-roll running here so you guys can see what we're talking about here. The axes, it's basically Pokemon running on the blockchain with NFTs and a crypto coin. Oh, no, I have seen this. Yeah. And the axes, which are the Pokemon. I did not realize that that was the name of this game. I've seen footage oh. of this game before. Okay. Yeah. Well, the axes are basically the Pokemon that you use to fight in the game. Well, they're very expensive. And so most people who start playing the game cannot afford to buy their own axes to fight. So what they do is they rent the axes from the people right. higher up in the pyramid. And they play the game and they grind along and they slowly they start earning um, their own crypto coin that is in the game as they play. And so the idea is that you start at the bottom, you are basically working for the people at the top. In fact, you are legitimately mm. working for these people. It's yeah, it's basically a sweatshop. It is, it's a sweatshop. <laughs> and a lot of the people who are doing it are in places like the Philippines mm. that are sort of underdeveloped countries where there's not a lot of opportunity to make money. And it's a lot like the gold farming from yeah. World of Warcraft back in the day. Um, and what's happening is, what happened is, North Korea hacked this game and took $600 million of the crypto. Yeah. And so, because that happened, all that money was taken out of the economy, the developers of this game started printing money, mm -hmm. which inflated the value of the money, which means that it's, like, worth nothing now. Mm -hmm. And all the people at the bottom are like, why am I doing this? And they quit working. Mm -hmm. They stopped playing the game. They stopped farming. And all the people at the top are like, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. I worked all this time to finally get to the top of the pyramid, and when I finally get my chance to cash out, everything goes to crap. It's crazy. <laughs> it really it's basic is. economics. It's just like it's everybody learned a very hard lesson in the perceived value of things there. Yeah. And Ari got to his and son the, in, in chat says Axie has managers who invest and have people do the grinding. In poor countries, it earns them money more than a regular job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does it did. It doesn't yeah, anymore. Until, until all the crypto got hacked, and what's North Korea going to do with six hundred million dollars? That's scary. But I mean, it all got hacked. That's kind of chump change in terms of you know country budget. I but uh, I don't know about North Korea. That might be a windfall for North Korea. They 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 they. I mean, they don't have resources, but they have money. Yep. They'll probably just throw it more into like guidance systems or something. Yep. And the the characters in this are the NFTs. The Pokemon, the Axies, are the mm -hmm. NFTs in this game. And this is all built on the Ethereum blockchain. Um. And then you use the axes to farm the currency. It's called Smooth Love Potion. And the Smooth Love Potion, which is its crypto, is what has just hit rock bottom because mm -hmm. of inflation. 
And so all the big, the high rollers in this game are left. They have nobody to do the farming for them. And they've lost all their yeah. workers. I mean, the, the I guess the quote-unquote good news is that most of the people who are on top of this also have investments in other things. Because like, you don't get into something like this without already having real money. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll just move on to something else. Who will? The, the people at the top. Well, the people at the top, they bought, they spent their money. Mm-hmm. So that they own the NFTs right. so that other people can then rent the NFTs to make money. Yeah, but I'm sure they have other investments and things and they had, they had money to start with. So they're just going to go do something else. I don't know, man. You you do not get into the top <laughs> of the crypto bracket without having a lot of money to start with. Yeah. That's part of the problem with it. Well, I think the other part of the problem, though, is that a lot of people go all in. They think it's like this get rich quick. Some of them, some people do, but those are what we I guess you'd call the crypto equivalent of nouveau riche. Yeah. Um, like someone who's already got that kind of money knows how to invest and knows to leave something behind. And I mean, that's 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 rookie shit. Like, yeah. You got to leave enough behind to live on at the very least. Well, the managers in this, their axes, their NFTs are now worth 10 percent of what they cost mm-hmm. for them to buy with breed buy. Same difference. Um, you should also really you should maybe look into the idea of like how easy it was to have all that stolen. Like, how did they hack into it? Yeah. I mean, I guarantee you that's human error or something. Oh, yeah, of course. Because that's what it always you is. You can call hack, 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 whatever you want, but usually it's just somebody didn't know what they were doing. It like gave somebody access to something they weren't supposed to have. Well, I saw a story about a guy who lost like $200 million because he had accidentally thrown out like his key. His, his a key, and so he's just got a hard drive with all this Bitcoin on it, and he can't get to it. And yeah. so he went to the city, municipal city, and was like, I will pay whatever it costs to go into the dump and dig through to try to find this piece of paper. And he's like, I'll pay the sanitation workers four times their salary. I'm willing to spend $20 million to get this piece of paper back. And the city was like, F you. (laughs) No, we're not doing it. Because Mm -hmm. they were like, it could set a precedent where every time this happens, we're going to have people, you know. Yeah. Honestly, there's privacy concerns with letting a citizen just go into the dump and start digging up people's trash. and. And so they, they were like, no, we don't care how much money you offer us for this. Because he kept upping the offer, being like, okay, what about $30 million? What about $40 million? This is half of your city yeah. budget. Tattoo it on the bottom of your foot or something. Yeah, but then <laughs> other people can see it when you fall asleep or what? It's, it's crazy. Matt, do you think that this, is, this type of a game is ever going to succeed? Or do you think that this is going to be a cautionary tale that will keep people away Forever. I mean, this is a scam as old as time, so no, it's not gonna. I mean, there'll be it's a Ponzi thing scheme. Like it. Sure. Yeah. Um, probably won't look the same. Probably, you know, I'm sure they will make all the guarantees in the world that this is not gonna happen again, but it will. Uh huh. Um, yeah, it's not. You know, like, and the other thing that always gets me about these games is they're not fun. I know. It's just a cheap knockoff of like, Pokemon. Why do you want? An- I mean, I guess I get it if you're talking about like you know. But no one's play, no one's playing this for fun. They're no. playing it to make money. Like I mean, it's I play to earn. Yeah, it's another job. If you're talking about getting, you know, it's a better paying job than you can get in certain countries. Like that's one thing. But like, would kill you to make it fun. Like, I mean, <laughs> this is a poster child for play to earn. This is the yeah. first play to earn game that had some semblance kind of, of success. Yeah. And Matt, I hate to tell you this because we just talked about this on the show last week. You were talking about Jet Set Radio. Sega announced today that it's working on Jet Set Radio and Crazy Taxi games, and people believe that they're going to be free-to-play NFT-driven games. Yeah, I saw that. So oh, well. with that in mind, does it? I mean, it doesn't sound like this has scared anyone off. No. I mean, Square Enix 
their president, the president of Square Enix, still all over this stuff, saying that like eventually he'll start paying players with NFTs and crypto to create expansions to his games, yeah. to Square Enix's games. But that's not a thing that's going to happen. You don't so, think it is? Of course not. It's nonsense. The, whole, the NFT thing's already over for the most part, especially in the game space. It never never got any traction to begin with. I saw the one story last week where a guy bought some NFT for like thirty eight million or something insane, yeah. and then he's like, somebody offered him thirty six hundred. Yeah, or something. Yeah, that's because it's just perceived value of things that don't have any value. The false scarcity of it is what yeah. is beautiful. Well, and also, like, people don't understand what they're buying. You know, you're not buying the art. You're not buying the picture. You're yeah. not buying the thing. You're you don't buying, own the rights to you're it. You're buying a space on a database. Yeah. And the only thing that has value is that space on that database. And if no one cares about having that space on that database, your thing is worthless. Yeah. And guess what? No one cares about the, the space, space on, on the any database. database. <laughs> that's crazy. If it's not called Bitcoin. If it's not, the only, yeah. And the other, that's the other thing is, like, the only thing that that tracks, that gets tracked by the blockchain, is the transaction. Right. You could shut that computer with that database down and run with the money, and many people have. Yeah, and like you have no recourse. You have no. a record of having made that transaction, but you do like you can't get that back. Now, somehow the government has managed to recover some crypto. I don't know how. A lot of times it's because it's actually stored on on solid state object on, on drives. And, yeah, you know, you've got a drive. People keep you know a drive, a separate actual physical drive with their Bitcoin on it. You know, and there's a lot of horror stories, sort of like the guy with the dumb. There's horror stories of forgetting or losing the, 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 the encryption code or the password to that drive. You know, I've seen people post where they're like, I've got this drive. It's got $700,000 worth of Bitcoin on it, but I lost the password to it like six years ago and I'll never be able to open it again. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can you can recover some stuff if it's actually on physical hard drives because that does happen sometimes. But often it's just digital transactions and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that... They're going to trudge forward with this stuff. I think it's going to keep happening. Oh, they're going to keep trying, but I don't think, you know. Will it ever be successful? No. What, I mean, what does successful mean? Well, Su- successful just means made some money for the people at the top. Exactly. Success means like the people at the top got paid out before yeah. everyone at the bottom bailed. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a success by my standards anyway. It's a success by their standards because that's yeah. what they're trying to do. Right, right. Like, but if the success is like making a fun game that people play for a long time, none of these are ever going to be that because they're not. I mean, and look, what if this, they did make a really good game that's really fun to play and it is play to earn? Where if you play, what if they made a Pokemon game with mm-hmm. NFTs and crypto? I don't know what that would be though. Well, like, it would be because you play Pokemon and you earn crypto or NFTs. You're earning your Pokemon by right, but, playing. But to earn it, you're going to have to do something nobody wants to do. Yeah, you have to do a thing that's not fun because otherwise, why would you be paid to do? But it? what I'm saying is, like, what if the game is fun? Like, it, and you could actually manage to snare a lot of people into participating. What if it's actually a good game instead of? I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, like in terms of how the model needs to work to to you know, it needs. It's going to gonna be, have to be. Grindy. It has to be a grind. Yeah, like, there's no way. Around. And look, these are the na- this is the natural evolution of the mobile game model. It is. You know, like, yeah. it's, it's just that like writ large and. You know, now instead of like having like I mean, Axie Infinity isn't on consoles. It's no, <laughs> and having more of a and, and you know having more of a a, a shorter treadmill or a uh, or a, 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 a you know a cosmetic thing, like yeah, like what are you gonna do? Yeah, like this is uh, it's just the end of it. Like the end result is sort of is sort of like now you now you have a thing that's going to make you money but the money is intangible and the money could go away at any moment because someone could make the wrong decision or press the wrong button and people make it make out with all of it and it disappears and everything crashes like yeah you know there's no stability to it and there's no fun to it so like 
if you're, you're trying, you're just, it's just a new way to exploit people. Yeah. Like if you're, here's a rule of thumb I would follow is if it all comes down to you have to trust a human being, bail. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> if you, literally, if you feel like you can trust somebody you don't know with six hundred million dollars, you're a fool. Mm-hmm. Run as quickly as you can. Eventually, someone in that human chain is going to burn you. It's just going to happen. You're, one of those people is going to be unscrupulous, and they're going to do it, and they're going to take the. And who knows? They say right now North Korea took the money. Do we know North Korea took the money, mm-hmm. or do we? Or is it the dudes was who it created someone in Ac- North Korea? Right. Or, was or it, yeah. is it some dude at Axie Infinity that's like, I can make this look like North Korea took it. Let's take the money and run. Like you just don't know. Trusting human beings, probably one of the dumbest things you could ever do when I you're mean, talking about big sums of money. I mean, that's why there are entities like the Fed and you know, yeah, like the FDIC. To protect us. Because that entity is full of enough individuals that no one person is going to be able to get away with something that huge. When you have one guy who Everybody's can shut gotta down... Everybody's got to watch each other. Yeah. When you have one guy who can shut down the servers for a coin, yep. that's insane. And that's what's happening with all these little crypto coins. Like, people it just make happened, them yeah. up. There's like 20 coins launched a day. And you look at these like crypto bros that have lost their damn minds. They're mm-hmm. just like, they're, if you like look at their bio on Twitter, it's just a bunch of hashtags from all the stupid coins that they're basically trying to pump and dump. That's what it is. They get all their followers to buy it. I didn't like the Kardashians do this. They pumped up a crypto coin. Everyone went and bought it. And then they all, then they bailed and yeah, made like, like that. yeah, like, it's bad. Stay away from crypto generally. Like I would only recommend ever buying Bitcoin, maybe Ethereum, um, NFTs. I mean, there's a difference. In, there's a difference. I don't know. Buy- why I'm telling you guys this. You have, you guys have all figured it out. There's like, a, there's a difference between buying crypto to like have a, an alternate source of money to like spend in, in you know through that med- and using it as a get rich quick. Scheme. Right. Those are two different things. To me, those days are over with crypto. If you try um, to get rich quick on crypto, you're probably going to end up burned. I mean, yeah, but that's also sort of like how it is you know it, what risk reward yeah it also like it's, it's gonna be a while before any of this settles down and eventually we'll probably end up with a with a system very similar to what we have in terms of you know fdic and and sort of regulation gonna be regulators bodies. eventually yeah. yeah it's gonna be regulated which was the whole allure and, of it in the first right. place and just you know, unregulated th- and this year and, and last year to some degree uh, the IRS started taking note of it. Yep. So, like, you know, the whole idea that my like, account just asked me the whole idea that you can do this thing and be like and be like, oh, we don't have to follow any regulations. It's like, no, that's not how anything works. My account, there is a value to it and a perceived value to it. The IRS is going to come for your ass. Yeah, my accountant for the first time ever when I got my taxes done like a week and a half, two weeks ago, got crypto. Yep, ne- had never asked me that before. Mm-hmm. Now he is, but now because, it's part of the part of the deal. Yep, it is. So. Stay away from this crap, people. Definitely stay away from Axie Infinity. That has already crashed and burned. Yeah, I don't think you need to tell anybody that. Yeah, there's no reviving that game. That game is toast at this point. Um, And, yeah, I mean, Mike's Q makes up a good point. Get rid of, just avoid get-rich-quick schemes in general because they're almost all scams. Mm -hmm. If you could get rich quick, everybody would be doing it. Always remember that. (laughs) And if if it worked, they wouldn't be telling you about it. Exactly. They would be hiding it and hoarding it. So they need you for something if they're trying to invite you into it. Yeah, they need you. And it is never to your advantage. Yeah, they need money somehow and they're going to get it from you and they're going to take it and they're going to run. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Rockstar. Uh, This week, it wasn't even announced by Rockstar, Matt. People just discovered 
that a lot of transphobic content that was in Grand Theft Auto V had been removed mm. or replaced or otherwise made to disappear mm. for people who had not played the earlier versions of the game. So far, it's only been found in the PlayStation 5 and Xbox series versions of Grand Theft Auto V. Um, there was a doll that was in an arcade in Grand Theft Auto V that was like a transgender doll, basically. They removed the doll and then just replaced it with another doll and kind of shuffled the dolls around so people wouldn't notice that it was gone. Uh, one of the character models, which was a drag queen, the character model is still in the game in the, in the director's mode, but it doesn't spawn outside of clubs like it used to, and all the voice samples that that character model used to fire off, they're all removed from the code now. And I think what a lot of people are wondering is why did this happen? We were just talking about mm-hmm. sort of the cultural significance and the cultural decision-making at Rockstar through the years. I think it was just last week on Game Face, and then this yeah. happens. Um, Matt, why do you believe that this stuff has been removed from Grand Theft Auto V? Do you think it's Rockstar heading off problems at the past? Do you think Rockstar has had has grown up in a way and has decided that there are certain lines that it doesn't want to cross anymore? Why do you think that this happened? Um, I think it happened because Rockstar has grown up a bit and has taken the temperature of the room and the people who wrote those jokes and think they're hilarious don't work there anymore. Yeah. Because these are these are from 10 years ago. They know? are. Yeah, I mean, it's not, well, um, nine years, almost a decade yeah. ago. Um, and, um, you know, good. Like, I don't think that's a product you should be trying to sell these days. It probably, it probably could cause some problems. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's been some backlash to this, but it, those people are stupid. So yeah. I don't, I, I, it's a better game without transphobia in it. So I agree with that. Um, a lot of the arguments that you're seeing from the other side, people who disagree with that, are that, you know, you're that Rockstar has changed its art, giving in to societal pressures, things like that. It's affecting the way the, the art was made by Rockstar. That's um, not art. It's garbage. Yeah. So, and I will not back down on that one. Like, I don't care. Like, it's offensive garbage. It's offensive shit. And removing it from the game only makes the game better. And Rockstar and all artists are allowed to evolve and think that they don't want to present that face to the world anymore. Uh, and certainly they don't want to sell this product to the world anymore. Not, they have not gone back and removed it from the previous versions of the game. They're saying the, the version of this game we're about to start selling again, we don't want that in it. And that is a valid choice, and that is also a valid artistic choice to make. Do you think so, they'll go back and remove it from the older versions? I don't know. Um, I certainly wouldn't be against the idea of doing that, but at the same time it feels like... Pointless why? at this point. You yeah, know, you've sold you've sold them. Like if anybody had a problem with it, there they've already made the complaints, and they certainly have, or they've refused to buy that version of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it's just, uh, and I don't see any pressure on them today. You know, I, I don't see any pressure on them at all. I mean, there was no, no there was no class action lawsuit. There was no, no. If petitions. There's, or, if there's one company in the game industry that does not care or feel pressure from anyone for any reason, is Rockstar. I don't see any reason this ha- this happened outside of internal internal forces saying like we don't want to have this in the game. Yeah. Um and they're allowed to do that. Well, yeah. I mean, think about games are a unique art form in that you put them out there and this is changing over time with hard drives and things like that, but you put them out there and that's kind of people expect that that's it. That's the game. That's the art. A painter like how many layers of the Mona Lisa are there? There's like 
Oh, there's other stuff under there. Yeah, yeah. there's all this other happens stuff. happens all the time. It, right. Other artists have been allowed to amend their art. Mm-hmm. How many rewrites are there in the greatest books? This, yeah. I mean, there's weird... just don't I know mean, or see. Yeah, but also people are bad at consuming media. They are bad at understanding how any of this works. I remember there was a period where I think it was Sterling... Um, was it Sterling? Who has COVID, by the way, and does yeah, not sound that. good. No, she, they did not sound good. But there was a, there was a, mm. I, can't, I think it was Sterling, but there was a point at which, in, there was, in the discussion, in the arguments over censorship and whatever, mm-hmm. somebody found out or pointed out that, um, that their Sterling, that, that Sterling's rants, like the, the, the videos, the, the Jimquisitions and stuff, were edited. That, like, they shot footage. And pieced it and together. And edited it together. And edited it together. And <laughs> like, like video production. And like suddenly a, a small group, but some of them freaked out that like that was censorship, that they weren't being allowed <laughs> to see the whole video that Jim had shot. And and they had to. Oh, and, man. And, and, that's hilarious. And I've Sterling had to say, like they had to say, like, you, that's how everything works in video. Like you yeah. don't want to see me sitting here clearing my throat or getting the line wrong fourteen times. Yeah, you, you just want to see a video where I say what I want to say. Right. And they had to labor to make this point that like <laughs> editing is not censorship. Also, like even if it were under certain circumstances, I can't force myself. Like no one forced Rockstar to do this. This is not censorship. This is an artistic editorial choice. Yeah, and it's a valid one. And they should think about doing more of them because this is certainly not the only uh, example of GTA Five punching down at right. someone. Yeah. Um, maybe this is the most visible, uh, but like, there's a you know, and I would hope that this you know, I hope this bodes somewhat well for GTA Six's tone and content. In the that was sense my next that, question: like, What does this mean for the future of Rockstar's games? I mean, I think this is only an element, you know, only an indication that they've maybe realized that their satire can't follow that same sort of like, oh, everyone's a target thing, because there are valid targets and there are invalid targets, and there, you don't need to make fun of people who are already Do you on the ropes. Think that's where the anger is coming from. Here is that the people who are angry about this fear that when Rockstar makes the decision that there are legitimate targets and illegitimate targets, that they're going to be the legitimate target. That could be. Um, You know, especially if you're talking about straight white men. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, I mean, most of the complaints seem to be, I mean, I don't know how, how, um, uh, I don't don't know how good faith the arguments are about, like, oh, they're going to just change everything, want to go back and change everything. It's like, well, okay, I mean, that's an argument. That's just slippery slope nonsense. This is a fallacy. Um, it's like the N-word that is used ad nauseum in San Andreas. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have pointed to that. It's like, okay, if you're going to remove the trans jokes, why wouldn't you remove the N-word from the games? And because, I think people wonder like where you draw I would argue the because line. I would argue because that the N-word usage in that game is mostly A, from black characters. It's authentic, yeah. And it is authentic to African-American vernacular English. Uh, of what it's trying to participate, you know, trying to portray, and it is not used as a cheap shot or a cheap punchline for things. Uh, and the and the white people who say it are portrayed as bad for saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, the the trans stuff in in GTA Five, the transphobic stuff, is just ha ha trans people. Yeah, no, you're like, right. There's yep. a difference there, yeah. and if you can't see that, I don't really care. Yeah, I don't think that I think it's that they don't want to see it. Yeah. 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 And I don't see this as like, oh, they're not going to be edgy anymore or whatever. It's not edgy. It's just shitty. 
Yeah. So I don't have a problem with the change. I think it's a positive change. I think it shows that, that Rockstar maybe uh, recognizes that there does come a responsibility when you are, you know, firing with such a broad spread on things and that, you know, humor, humor evolved. There was even a, um, there was, so this, I even saw this earlier this week. Uh, someone posted like, this is a trans joke from a, an issue of Playboy from like 1981 and it's not offensive and it's actually funny. Mm-hmm. And it's about, it's, it's a, it's a joke about these, these three guys are, are friends and they drink at the same bar all the time. And, and one of the friends becomes a woman, transitions in a woman as a trans woman and goes and has a surgery and does and comes back and, the, and, and her friends are like, Oh wow. Like what was the, what was the worst part? You know, it's not they're talking about, Oh yeah, but that wasn't the worst part. And they're like, well, what was the worst part? Was it, you know, was it having having your 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 penis chopped off? And she's like, no, that w- that wasn't great, but it wasn't the worst part. And the guy's like, well, well, it must have been your balls. You're having your balls chopped off was worse. And she goes, no, that wasn't it either. That, w- that was also not fun, but it wasn't it wasn't it. And they're like, well, what wasn't? She's just uh, the worst part was having my salary cut in half. <laughs> that's a good and that's pretty fun. Yeah, that's a good it, joke it targets inequality it targets yeah. like injustice it, it makes like it uses the trans you can do oh, it you can do it in yeah. a tasteful man- way yeah and it, yeah. it's comment the, the punchline is not the trans person the, the comment the, the, you know the comment being made is about society it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's punching up at the injustices that, that uh, she faces and really that everybody faces that women degree. face for sure yeah. and yeah. so um, and that was in 1981 in a porn magazine. <laughs> Comedy can absolutely be done. Yeah. You just have to know what you're aiming at. Yeah. And when you recognize that, like what GTA Five was aiming at with those jokes, was just like, ha ha! It looks like a man in a dress uh, when trans people look like this. Like that's that's not a joke. That's not yeah. even fun. It's it's like what 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 are you gaining from that? What are you saying for that? You know, because at least a lot of the satire in GTA really does have something to say about society mm-hmm. and does have something to say about American culture. How um, about the idea that there's, Rockstar there's just... more relevant commentary on American culture in watching Michael try to do those yoga poses than every <laughs> stupid transphobic thing Rockstar has ever put in all their games. Yeah. And how about if like Rockstar just is like, the joke isn't funny. Right. What if it just decides yeah. to... I mean, to be fair... You can't go down that path too far with Rockstar. Or you'll have no game <laughs> you, left. The whole after game while. will yeah. be deleted. Yeah. Um, but like, no, it's. I mean, I think it's it's a it's a it's a valid option and a valid choice that they've made, and I think it's smart to to, to take it out of this. It it, it sends a signal um, to say like, yeah, we are you know, not a virtue signal, but it sends a signal to say like, yeah, we were listening, we're aware, and we know. Well, that we they need didn't. To change with the they science. still haven't announced this officially. Like Rockstar yeah. has made no statement about it. Well, why would like you? it just made the change and just sent it out. And I mean, I think that's the way to do it. You don't yeah. make it a big deal. You say like, oh, we don't want that anymore. We're going to change that. Yeah. And like people notice, people notice, people notice, but you know, yeah. Rockstar doesn't need to ask anyone's permission to change their own work. Yeah, I also agree with you. I don't think that this change to this game denotes that Rockstar's games are going to fail to be edgy going forward. You don't need things like this to make a game edgy. There are a billion other ways for your game to have edge without stuff like this. Like, Rockstar's done it. Yeah. Like, there's not stuff like this in Red Dead Redemption 2. That game's still edgy. Mm -hmm. Like, it still pushes the envelope in a lot of ways. Like, there's situations in that game where it makes me feel a little uneasy, and I like that about art. But you don't have to, as you say, punch down yeah. to do it. Yeah, there's a difference between something that portrays an uncomfortable situation and really has something to say about it and something like, like what they removed here, which is just like, ugh. Yeah. You know, it's just gross. It's it just, it's, you know, and, and you think about, you know, and I think about, you know, 
uh, icy stuff like that. And I was like, ugh, like there's there's no need for that. And mm-hmm. then like then you think about you know think about some of my friends who are trans who see that and see themselves in that joke, and that's even worse. Yep. Like why do you want to make that person feel feel like that when they already have so many things that they're up against in in normal life anyway? Now what would you say, Matt, to people who say? that's reality that's real life there are people that look at trans people that way and that's just the way it is and if you remove stuff like that you're maybe making a game less realistic i would say that um that is false i would say that that is not how reality is because the game is portraying something specifically and kind of holding up what would be probably considered a straw man Mm -hmm. to make that joke happen if you want to call it a joke yeah um you know, it's not the same thing as, as saying like, uh, you know, and you're not really you're mocking an individual human being at that point. You're not um, uh, for, for, for something that they can't really control. Like most of the most of the functional humor in something like GTA works because of who the characters are mm-hmm. um, like all the all the humor around Michael, um, even if some of the humor is centered on the idea that he is a you know, successful, you know, monetarily successful white guy. Um, the humor mostly comes from who he is. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, most of the stuff that's funny with Franklin isn't because he's a black guy who lives in, you know, in down in South Central uh, uh, Los Santos. The humor comes from the fact of, of how he reacts to things. Yeah. You know, because of his. Yeah. And him interacting with this other world of, you know, he's clearly, you know, no stranger to uh, to crime. Yeah. because of you know everyone in GTA is but like once he gets involved with Michael and Trevor he's like a lot of the humor with Franklin comes from the fact that he doesn't know what to make of these idiots well yeah he's a fish out of water at that yeah. point because of his experiences his life experience has made him a different person that when he inter- interacts with these other people who have done the same thing in different walks of life it's mm-hmm. this weird juxtaposition of people right but most of the humor in terms of the core story of of GTA 5 comes from who these characters are, not what they are. Yeah. And that's a very different kind of humor than some of the tangential humor you see in GTA. And I think, you know, I think GTA has had that problem in general as well. Like a lot of it, you know, most of Laszlo's stuff on the radio has been of a similar sort of lazy, not not offensive necessarily, but just sort of lazy. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you know, the, you, there's an element of, um, uh, you know, uh, like the, the, at its, at its most sort of bland and, and uninteresting outside you know offensive aside I'll take, take the idea of being offended by any of that you know a lot of it's offensive because it's so boring yeah. to me it's just I'm just like I'm tired of listening to this crap it's, it's like you know the, the 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 tired old trope of like it's like oh what's the deal with airline like the old you know the, the old early Seinfeld jokes about mm-hmm. like, it's like what's what is the deal with airline food like a lot of you know the 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 most unmemorable stuff in the G- in GTA 5 is along those lines and stuff that was like yeah I guess that was an observational thing you could have done in like 2005 yeah but that was seven years ago and maybe you should update your material I mean let's be honest the only people who are going to be upset that it's missing are people who like it yeah People who I mean, li- just breaking it down to brass like tacks like- people who like it or people who think like oh how come these people get special treatment you and mean like, they're protected versus yeah. me or whatever. Right. Yeah. Which is an absurd thing to think because they aren't protected. Yeah. And if you look around at what's happening right now in the country, that's the last thing I would describe trans people as is protected. Oh, yeah. So, hey, GTA 5 doesn't make a bunch of gross jokes about trans people anymore. Don't worry. They're going through enough shit as it is. Yeah. The, there's a bunch of states that have already passed a bunch of laws that are going to make their lives miserable enough for you as it is. Don't yeah. worry. They don't need Rockstar to help. Yep. Yeah. Um, I haven't looked at chat during this whole discussion for a reason. 
I'm gonna take a look now. I hope you guys have been adults in here, and I would trust that our audience is and is being an adult because generally you guys are pretty on point. But I want to just—I don't want to put it up on screen until I take a quick scan. Um. Okay, you guys are being pretty civil in here. Mike's Q says, "I think it's a valid choice for them to remove it." I'm glad it's not in there, but why does that one particular group get to escape from having bad, unfunny jokes about them versus other groups? Um, I would argue they shouldn't be the only group that gets it, but you got to start somewhere. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the trans thing is a hot topic right now, so it makes sense to sort of uh, deal with that first, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I can't remember a lot of other jokes uh, in uh, GTA 5 that really made me go, ugh, the way the trans jokes did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just don't. Especially because, like, I'm going to make an assumption that there were not a lot of trans people on staff helping with that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, at least with the, with the, the character saying the N-word, um, you generally assume that there are uh, black actors and maybe writers involved in sort of fine-tuning this stuff. And, um, you know, it, I, I highly doubt the lines they removed uh, from the code of the game were spoken by a trans actor. You know, like there's yeah. a difference there. There's, 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 a, there's a, that, that makes a difference. I think another difference would be is that the, I think the jokes matter, mm -hmm. and in the case, in this case, the jokes that they removed, they're not reflections on society. They're yeah. not satire. Yeah, they're at the expense of an individual. Yeah, they're just mean spirited yeah. bad jokes. Also, like they're not It's not like they removed a mission. Right. Where you like ran around as a drag prop, or something, basically. Like, yeah, it's just it's a it's a weird thing that didn't need to be there and felt malicious in that it was put there. Yeah, you know, it's it's only there because like we couldn't let this game go by without making fun of some of those trans people, right? Yeah, and it's just like why? Like, what's the like? Why do you why do you want to look like the person who would do that? Is what, what kind of my question? If I, I asked myself if I was Rockstar at this mm -hmm. point, and I think a lot of the changeover of the higher ups there is probably part of this. You know, I bet Sam Hauser does think that it should stay, but he doesn't, he doesn't get to make that decision anymore. Well, it's like I'm half Italian, and, like, if there's a joke in a Grand Theft Auto game about Italians being greasy or liking pasta or whatever all the mm -hmm. stereotypes are about Italians, like, it doesn't offend me? No. I don't know why? Partly, well, because people don't see you as that. Yeah. You don't, you're not, no one's going to look at you on the street and be like, look at that Italian guy going around. Like, that's not a thing in American society right. at this point. Same way same way. I don't care about Irish jokes because no one, I have, you know, no Irish need apply has has been dead for a long time if it ever was a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, historically, that there is some question as to whether that's even something that ever happened. Yeah. Whereas trans people face discrimination and face uh, horror at ter in terms of how people might react to who they are as a fundamentally as a person. Yeah, nobody's every rolling day. up on me in yeah. central Pennsylvania with baseball bats and beating my ass because no. I'm Italian. No, that's the big difference. Yeah, it's like it's like the difference between like oh somebody might make a funny like a uh, Italian accent joke or Mario joke at you, whereas like as Eddie Azard used to say in in, in her old stand up, um, I didn't tell anyone that I was a transvestite uh, when I was a kid because I was afraid they might kill me with sticks. Yeah, like yeah. that's a very different experience from like someone might make fun of you and sing that's a moray at you. Right? Yeah. So yeah, there's a difference in stakes there. Yeah, big big difference. Um, let's see if anyone else has. And any if other. we can find a way to make like the pot, the mass media, especially the top selling game of all time, stop encouraging that, I think that's a positive thing. 
especially when the company does it all on their own without announcing it unprompted. Uh, Cinetike says correcting things during the working process is quote unquote censorship now. Um, and then mm-hmm. Eric Scott replies, it's not correcting, it's changing a 10-year-old game. I don't understand the difference there. Uh, there isn't one. It, yeah. is a, it, is a, it is a, you know, if you're going to put out a new version of something, you can change. I mean, you might as well say that you can't change the graphics at that point. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Ashes in the Hourglass says, I have respect for Rockstar if they go ahead and mock their own toxic fan base in GTA 6, I which would ar- I think they will. I would argue, I mean, I think they definitely will, but also I would argue um, that uh, Trevor is that. I think Trevor is their comment on how people on how people approach and deal with G- and play GTA. I think because Trevor yeah. is kind of how the stereotypical GTA fan plays GTA placed in the world to show how crazy that looks. Um, and I think for the most part it worked. I know Trevor's not a likable character, but I think it is a funny comment on sort of the way people play their character in the game versus how Rockstar is trying to portray the story, you know, because because yeah. like, Michael's a pretty realistic character, Franklin's yeah. a pretty realistic character, and Trevor comes in from some kind of yeah. you know fever dream, and you're like, how does any of this make any sense? But like Trevor is he's Trevor's, the method. Trevor's behavior, yeah, he's the method. But Trevor's behavior is not too outside of how we generally play uh, GTA for fun. You know, yeah. if you're gonna run around not do a mission, just mess with the open world, you're basically Trevor. Yeah, and I think he was the comment commentary on that. Okay, so, um, and I are- do think they will they will talk about that in GTA Six in some way. Okay. Eric Scott follows up. He says, if they feel they have to tiptoe so as not to hurt anyone's feelings, that will hamper the edginess. Um, I think that is, again, I a think slippery, we addressed that already. That's the slippery slope fallacy, and it's not a real argument. Yeah, I mean, they can be edgy without having to yeah. punch down. You don't need that. I, I, I really doubt that not wanting to uh, offend trans people or make trans people feel small is going to like, affect their willingness to mock like Donald Trump. Or someone who is way at the top of the power echelon. Like, it's that's just not a thing. Squishy Muffin has a really good comment. He says, someone said you can poke fun at things people can control, but not things they can't. Yeah. I think I subscribe to that. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. That's that. sort of another way of saying what I meant about how the humor with the characters comes from who, the, like, kind of what they do and who they are and not what they are. I think this goes back to some people believe that being trans or gay is something that people control. Yeah, I mean, that has been something politicians I think have even that is the week. root of a lot of the problems here, is that there are certain people who yeah. believe it's a choice. And I mean, there was a Republican uh, elected official. I can't remember where he was from. It's one of those states out there uh, where he basically said, um, because you can choose to be gay or not, which is false, yeah. um, unless you recall the uh, very compelling Scientific American article that convinced you to like women, boys. I don't remember that. <laughs> I, I didn't read. I I, 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 know, I wasn't made straight by a really compelling story in The New Yorker. I, this didn't happen <laughs> to me. I'm sorry. I knew that from very young. Yeah. Um, but like basically said, because that's a choice, which it isn't, but they think it is. Um, the only people who believe uh, that, that don't that, know anyone who's because, gay. Right. Because it's a choice that gay people shouldn't be protected by the constitution mm. which uh the rhetoric the <laughs> rhetoric's getting real weird out there folks the masks are coming off and it's going to get ugly in five to ten years trust me trust me but there's lots of good people out yeah, there. yeah women being arrested for murder for having abortions at this point it's it's gonna be real nasty it's getting weird yep um let's see if there's something else jm rain has a good point up there too. scroll up a little bit where he says uh 
It'd be different oh, yeah. if they were Let's more positive. Let's let him speak on it. Yeah. Um, is there something before this one? No, that was okay. what I saw. This is from J.M. Rain. As a member of the queer community, it would be different if there were positive representations of trans people in media. This would be less of a concern. However, trans people are not portrayed in positive ways anywhere. Yeah, it's very rare. 100% I mean, right. maybe, maybe the, the Life is Strange <laughs> games here and there. Um, I don't know if they're, are there trans? I thought there was a trans person in, uh, in the new one, in, in uh, True Colors. I don't I might be misremembering so. that. But yeah, it's super uncommon. You got to go to like so the, the indie scene for anything yeah. like, you know, like this, that cyberpunk. It's changing though. It's that cyberpunk change. bartender game had a lot of trans people in it. That was, that was pretty positive. But yeah, like in terms of like mainstream stuff, very, very rare. Um, I think that's it. You guys were very respectful, and I expected nothing less from our audience because you guys are awesome. Uh, that guy, B Solo, thank you for Twitch Prime. <laughs> um, but I do think that people who believe that being trans or being gay is a conscious decision, they've never known anyone who was trans or gay. Tell you, me why. Okay, yeah, tell me why I had a trans lead. That's right. The, the, I was mixing uh, up mixing up the don't <laughs> nod with life It's is easy. Yeah. I actually do that all the time and there fact, is still part of me that like weirdly wants to believe tell me why is a life is strange game because it's so simple. i wrote a script yeah. and i almost read it um i had attributed a game to telltale that was a don't nod game it's very easy to mix up those two studios so um okay i think that's it let's move on we're gonna talk next about a game that i played this week the only game that i played this week and this was just me trying to find something to play to talk with you guys about. I scour my inbox. I'm like, what code has someone offered me that I can uh, speak on for Game Face 297? And the only thing I could come up with was Hello Neighbor 2. Matt, mm. did you play the first Hello Neighbor at all? No, but I remember it. It's a... it's The lower third says it all. It's a creep show. Mm-hmm. It's basically a game about sneaking around the neighborhood and peeking in people's windows. Yeah. It's, I'm not kidding. It's like a peeping Tom simulator. Because it's a stealth game, and you are trying to basically break and enter into people's homes. You need to look into the windows to see where they are in the home so you can figure out if where you're going to enter, you'll be seen by them. Because if you're seen by them, they run up and they grab you and they just reset you out somewhere else and you have to start all over again. Um, Hello Neighbor 1 was a little bit of like an indie underground hit. Um, so I, But I had never played it. Obviously, I had seen it and we had curated a lot of content for it on Sifted, and so I was well aware of it, and I knew what the game was, I knew what genre it was, blah, blah, blah. I expected this game to be pretty good, I guess is what I'm getting Mm -hmm. at, based upon the first game, which sold pretty well, had some, I don't know, some hype around it. This game is awful. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Matt. Wasn't the first one like a kind of a streaming hit? I guess, I don't know why, but this game is so bad. It is, now technically, the game is in beta right now, but this was sent to me as a review code, and they're like, you're cleared for takeoff to share your opinions on it, and here I am to tell you, it is so bad. It is it is a stealth game, and the objective of the game is there are people who have gone missing in your neighborhood, and you're trying to figure out what happened to them and where they went. You play as this guy, he is like part of a local TV news crew, and the game starts, you end up at the TV station where you work at. There's a sort of a billboard of people that are, are either missing or presumed dead. And it's your job to be the investigative journalist and figure out where they've gone. And so you basically just poke around houses in the neighborhood 
and you try to find clues and then that clue leads to some other clue in some other house but really it's a stealth driven adventure game Mm -hmm. you're collecting stuff you're finding something here you're taking it to this other house where you can use it lots of finding keys and things like that in one place taking the key to another house and using it at the other house this game is so buggy and so busted that I cannot believe that they sent this out for people to review. I cannot believe it. Like, there's animations that don't work, like clamoring, like climbing over something. Like, sometimes you just, like, disappear and reappear and you're, you've climbed over it. Hmm. There's a, actually a bug in this game where you can finish the whole game in 25 seconds. You can just climb hmm. to the top of this building, smash a window, and go in and get the final object in the game and finish the game. It's The whole thing is just a busted mess. And it's a stealth game, pretty much 80% of it is stealth. And the other part of it is like, oh, hey, I found this thing here. Oh, I remember there's this other object over there that I need to go get. And then there's this little, like, it's smeared with, like, supernatural stuff where, like, you just saw there, there's, like, this weird flashback of a kid being killed by this weird creature that looks like a, a crow. And it never really explains what all that stuff is about. But you essentially just creep around, literally creep around the neighborhood, looking in windows, trying to figure out how to get inside houses. And there's puzzles to that. Like sometimes you can only get in like an upstairs window or whatever. The first puzzle is figuring out how to get in. And then once you get in, you're trying to avoid the people inside the house while also watching what they're doing for clues. So the first house that you go into, there's a cop sitting there. He's inside the house investigating. He has a key on his hip. So the first thing you do is you go and you grab the key off of his hip. But you also see that he's checking out this door. So you need to lead him away from that door by going to a different part of the house and making a ruckus. He runs over there. While he runs over there, you run to the door and you go down. And that's where you find the first missing person in the game. You go into the basement. You find like a crowbar that gets you out into the yard. And out in the yard, there is a, an empty grave. Uh, where And that solves one of the missing person cases. The whole game itself is like, I'm not exaggerating, Matt, like an hour long. This thing's been in development for mm. years. It's completely riddled with bugs, and it's only an hour long. You sure this isn't like a demo? No, it's not. It is the final game. Hmm. It's final. I even emailed them and was like, are you sure we're okay to review this? They're like, yep. I went and checked on YouTube. Dozens of reviews for the game. I am at a loss for words. Hmm. Just the other, And things just don't work. Like, you have a... You have an inventory pouch that you carry around. You can only carry so much stuff. The game doesn't tell you how anything works, like, organically. Like, you eventually you get into your bedroom, which is where I'm at right here. That door is to my bedroom. And eventually you get a crowbar, and you can take that thing off the door and get into your bedroom. The inventory in the bedroom is like this shelf. But it doesn't explain that, like, hey, this is where you leave your stuff. It's so weird. Things happen automatically. Like, once you go into your bedroom for the first time and you go to walk out of the house... Suddenly, you're, like, staring at, into the window of this other house. Like, but it doesn't explain why. The inventory doesn't work. Like, you choose something from the inventory. It never appears in your hand. At least in the Xbox version, which is the version I'm playing, it never does. And so you don't even know that you have it. And so sometimes you, like, accidentally throw the item instead of using the item where you're supposed to. It is just a disaster. I can't believe they allowed me to review this game based off this code. I cannot believe it. Hmm. Um, here's the killer, Matt. The game is $40. Hmm. $40. And you can buy, like, a special version for $60. Wow. 
It's an hour long. What's special about it? Oh, you get like tchotchkes or whatever, in-game items or whatever. 40 bucks. This game is maybe worth 10 bucks. The the chat's saying it's a beta. It is a beta. I said that when I first started right, talking about it. Right, but it's like it. just one level, and there's more to it later. It's, that, I don't believe so. I solved the whole thing. Like, hmm. you solved the whole game. <coughs> and I don't... In the whole... Like, there's just, like, the one neighborhood? You're right. Like, hmm. why would you go to another neighborhood? You are in your neighborhood at the TV network that you work at in the building. The TV network building. Hmm. It's review code. In the email they sent it to me, they're like, here's your review code for hmm. this game. And if you go online, everyone on YouTube's reviewed it and said it's an hour long. Like, I don't know. If they mess that up, that's really embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know. Um, even, even, I'll say this. Let's pretend that this isn't the whole game. Mm. The game is still terrible. It's still awful. It gives you very little direction. I've been noticing this with a lot of games lately. And by the way, I should actually bring up that... Weird West, Matt, as it turns out, has, like, bullet time that you can use whenever you want. And mm. I played that game for hours and never discovered it. <laughs> so that's an amendment to last week's show that I wanted to make sure I brought up in this week's show. Is that the, the gunplay in that game actually is better than I had portrayed last week. Because you can go into bullet time pretty much whenever you want in that game. Mm. So I wanted to bring that up this week. But it also is like... Yeah, I, this is, it says the release date is December 6th. Really? This year. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So what are they sending you this, this for? I don't know. Why are they saying review a beta? I don't know. I don't know. But it, say, it does say beta right on the screen when you mm-hmm. start it. And I mentioned it when we first started talking that it is in beta. But it says it's not coming out till December? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. But so there's now you rev- can pre-order it. If you pre-order for 40 bucks or 60 bucks for the deluxe, you get the beta now and so this is what you play until december i guess interesting it feels like a full game like it's like it finishes everything in this like hour-long game i don't know Uh and again people are reviewing it on youtube full reviews so i don't know i'll say this if that's the case the messaging coming from their pr company is terrible and they need to find a new PR well, company. If, if you look at the bullet time, bullet points, it says that there's over eight hours of gameplay. Oh, really? Still doesn't seem like a ton. That's a lot more, though. A lot more. I mean, that but... would make forty bucks. That makes sense. Huh. It's weird. There's no doubt about it. This but thing's, this thing's been in development forever. Right. That's Years. what I'm saying. It has been. And I don't know. Maybe there's chapters in this, and then the next chapter you just play a completely different character. That's uh-huh. the only way where it would make sense and work. I don't know. But regardless, this game is broken, and they should not let anybody play it right now. It is not a good representation of the game at all. Um, Seems like maybe wait closer to December yeah, to see what they're doing. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna email that PR guy when I get back. I'm gonna be like, wait a minute, what's going on here? This game doesn't come out until December. You're telling me I can review it now off of this beta. It is weird too that there's a beta now and it doesn't come out till December. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that best case scenario would be an alpha right now, typically. So I don't know what the hell's going on with this game, but it's a piece of junk right now. I'll tell you that much. And if it's something you've been keeping your eye out for, I would probably scratch it off your list. There's just like, it's so unfinished. Like people come up to you like, and you just, it just, they fade to black and you just reappear somewhere. Like it's like, it feels like nothing in the game is complete. 
and stuff just doesn't work the way it's supposed to. Like sometimes like you'll grab a key and like the first five times you try to use a key on a lock, it doesn't work. And the sixth time it does just random stuff like that, just everywhere. And, uh, to me, this game's a piece of junk and I would just steer clear from it if at all possible. Um, Erebus says, this is going to be on Game Pass when it comes out, isn't it? I'm sure it was an Xbox SS reveal, wasn't it? Um, I don't know, actually, what it was revealed for, but I, they did send me Xbox code for it. Mm-hmm. But I do yeah, think I it's... I think it is Game Pass, yeah. Yeah, but it's coming to every platform. Yeah. It's not just PC and Xbox, like a lot of kind of Game Pass games are. But, um, yeah. Hello Neighbor 2. <laughs> I'd stay out of the neighborhood. It was just awkward and weird. It, I kept wondering if like the game was working the way it was supposed to, if it was glitching out. Um, definitely not finished. At least I hope it's not finished. If they think mm-hmm. this is finished, then I don't know what to tell you. But um, yeah, Hello Neighbor 2. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm the world's biggest stealth or adventure game fan, but I don't dislike them either. And there's just nothing... This game has no spark to it, I guess is the best way to put it. There's nothing unique or different about it. Um compared to the dozens of games that I've played like this in the past. So I would just say steer clear. I will go back and email the PR person and be like, yeah, what's going on? You told me to review it from this. And now people are saying it's not coming out till December. And I'll mm. figure out what he says. And I'll report back next week here on Game Face and let you know what he says. But again, regardless. Maybe you meant that like, as long as you have that code, you'll get the final version when that comes out maybe in December. It's possible. I don't know. It's mm. weird. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. Like, I'm pretty good at figuring out whether something is supposed to be reviewed or not so i don't know his messaging it doesn't even it wasn't even like open for interpretation like i wasn't even confused or like i wondered if this was review code like it just was (coughs) and then all the anecdotal evidence online suggests the same thing there's reviews for it all over youtube so i don't know again if if this is in fact not review code that pr person made a huge mistake with the emails that he sent out to uh the press so there you go. That's Hello Neighbor 2. Next up, and our final topic for date for today's show, is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. We did get one story from today that I got into the show. And Matt, I don't even know if you know this or not, but Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is now launching in July. Oh, yeah? Yes. Moved up? It, it, yes. Weird. It was originally announced for September. Mm-hmm. And today, this morning, Nintendo announced that it is coming out in July. You don't see can, that too often. I can't remember that ever happening. Can you remember a game ever being moved up? Not, not off the top of my head. Me either. I, th- I think it has happened a couple times, but it's not common. Like I'm sure people in chat, you guys can Google it and maybe I mean, find maybe they an finally example. figured out that like, oh, no, nothing's coming out in the summer, so you know, let's get something in there. Yeah. I don't know. I've never seen this before in my life. I'm not complaining because, man, we're gonna need it. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you that much. By the maybe by the time July comes around, things will be a little better. But right now, it's like a ghost land for like the next the ghost town for the next two months as far as game releases are concerned. So I'm excited by it. And they also put out this new trailer and released some new information on the game as well. Um, they give like a plot synopsis of the game. I got an email from Nintendo that had a lot of information in it. Um, in the game, players will step into the roles of protagonists Noah and Mio. Amid turmoil between the nations of Keeves and Agnes, six, char- six characters hailing from those nations join forces to learn the truth behind their conflict and set their sights for Swords March. <laughs> swords March, a land pierced by a giant sword. <laughs> That'll do it. Yep. 
Um, you can battle with up to seven characters, like in previous Xenoblade Chronicles games. Battles start by facing enemies directly in the overworld. Players can control Noah's party of six, as well as additional characters they'll meet during the adventure. Each character has their own role in battle, which allows for diverse strategies. Uh, class change, Noah is a sword fighter specializing in close-range attacks, while Mio is a zephyr, drawing enemy attention while evading their attacks. Thus, each character has their own class with their own strengths. Progressing in the adventure, players can change character classes, creating a customized party. That's cool. Uh, there's a brand new interlink system where each of the tag team pairs, Noah and Mio, or Lance and Cena, or Uni and Tyon, can make use of the interlink system if certain conditions are met. They will then combine into a giant form called Oboros. Each, and I'm probably mispronouncing this, each Oroboros has its own powerful moveset, and deciding when to transform can be key to winning a battle. Mm. So it sounds like you can Voltron in this game. Yeah, more or less. How do you feel about all that information, Matt? Uh, it's got to be better than two. <laughs> I saw someone on the site today. I can't remember who it was. It was a huge fan of these games. And they were talking about how they really liked two. Um, but there were some tweaks that they had made for two that didn't make a lot of sense. And it sounds like they're reverting on those changes for yeah. this. Which is good. Like two had a pretty good battle system, but like. It's more the aesthetics and the, 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 the leaning hard into sort of the anime boob thing mm -hmm. that I just found. Yeah, culturally upsetting. it was a little off-putting, I think. Uh, this feels like it's kind of taking more of a middle ground between one and two, like, aesthetically, which is cool. Like, that's more like it. Um, there's that thing that which really very Evangelion. Like, they just have never been able to throw off the Evangelion influence uh, at Monolith. But, um, no, it looks, it looks good to me. Uh, certainly looks more promising than, than uh, uh, 2 or even X to some degree, which yeah. is more of a departure. But uh, I'm never going to argue with more Xenoblade, especially this fast. Yeah, know? how did they get this done and we're still waiting for Breath of the Wild 2? I, mean, this, this, <laughs> I mean, I don't think they're trying to reinvent the wheel on this one, you know? Like, yeah. They're basically just making more Xenoblade. Also, uh, the world's kind of already established. Uh, you know, you're, you're on the Bionis and the Mechonis. You're, you're running around on two giant things that the world grew on which is you know unique uh but uh this is supposed to kind of show how uh, one and two are connected like cause right two yeah that was so, what they said with the first trailer they put out so far after uh one that you're like well how did he get to this you know so i assume they'll they'll be a little connective tissue here um and of course the big thing about xenoblade is always sort of the worlds you get to explore and like, yeah, you know, yeah. They, they always feel like these big huge epic like places like the sense of place of xenoblade is pretty much unmatched of all um, nintendo's franchises i do feel like this is one of them that will benefit the most from nintendo having modern hardware oh yeah i mean this, don't sure. get me wrong this game looks damn good especially for a switch game yeah but imagine if this was built for playstation 5 or xbox series what yeah this game would i'd rather like. not imagine that because it's just sad <laughs> um nolan elric says sifu moved up two weeks mm. yeah mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and Congram says, once Red Dead Redemption 2 announced its launch date, everyone got scared and moved their day in front of it. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but it, I think I, this is the only one I can think of that moved months yeah. up. Yeah, like, I've seen like days or maybe a week like that thing, or two. That means they must be pretty much done already. Oh, it's definitely done. I mean, like, it's got to be going through certification yeah, gonna have and ESRB be, yeah. ratings and all that stuff now. Oh, and... Uh, I th there was a certification uh, confirmation of God of War in Portugal, which is almost always five to six months before release. Oh, snap. 
So, so I it's think gonna I make think, it. I think October. Uh oh, that's exciting. That's really exciting, actually. Yeah. A Congrum says, I find these games a bit hard to take seriously. All the characters look underage and out of place for that reason. I don't think this game is as bad in that way. No, and I think the first one gets away with it because you are supposed to basically be kids. Right. You know, you're supposed to be like older teenagers wandering out of the world. The second one just was It was egregious. It was, yeah. yeah, I felt dirty playing that game. Yeah, and even aside from that, none of it made any sense. like, so he's like a 16-year-old kid who does deep dive salvage operations <laughs> in in yeah. a suit with no pants. Like, what? Do you, I don't understand what you're doing. Like, yeah. it was it was just like a, you know, somebody let the character designer run amok and tried to fill in the gaps uh, afterward, and it was, just didn't work. A bunch of jerks says it happened with Resident Evil 6. How long was it pushed up? Uh, was it a month? I don't remember that don't at remember all, that. actually. I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to Resident Evil 6, I admit. It's also real close like to the release like it's yeah to push it up when it now it's only a couple months away from us playing it yeah which is awesome i'm excited about that um, i didn't see anything in a trailer where they're like doing the voltron thing did you uh they form into like kind of a giant mechy looking thing that, that uh, has to be it then. it's a big purple guy and like you see him fighting like a big thing in the in like a battle shot and he's like that thing oh uh, okay uh, and, it, and it's like it it's clearly much bigger than the other characters and is like I wonder if that means you'll be fighting like kaiju once you transform into that. I mean, that you've fought some pretty giant things in, yeah. in the Xenoblade game, so yeah, I would I wouldn't be surprised. But I mean, like taking taking some pages out of Bayonetta three, exactly. There. Yeah, where you're also in big form. I know you fight massive enemies in this mm-hmm. game. Just... I mean, that seems like a pretty natural move, especially. Uh, you know, it also seems like maybe they're taking a page out of um, of X for that because mm. you, know, you know the mechs in X. All right, that's right. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you spent I spent like 12, 15 hours getting your mech, and then you're like, wait, this isn't any better now, and I have to pay for fuel now. So. Yep. Um, Swanland says, aren't they delaying Splatoon 3? Could this be a way to switch up the empty space? I was not aware of that, actually. It could be. Um, Vincent says, RE6 moved up from November 20th to October 2nd. So right, it moved up. That's almost a, two months. Yeah, that's a pretty big move. Okay. I was not aware of that at all, actually. I don't know how I... I forgot if I, if I ever knew it in the first place. Well, it's one of those cases where they're like, oh, I've forgotten more than you know. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've literally, I've forgotten so much stuff that it, that happened throughout the years. It's hard to keep track of it all. Um, this industry is constantly changing and evolving as it is, even without little separate news stories like that. So, you excited for this game, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Uh, it's, it definitely seems to be making the adjustments that I would have made off of two, um, you know, tone down the weird fan service waifu crap and, uh, yep. give me an actual, you know, sci fantasy, like epic tale. Yeah. And, uh, it seems to be delivering on that. And the main character doesn't even, isn't even wearing anything embarrassing. <laughs> I'm excited for it. I think it looks good. Yeah. And I've liked the first Xenoblade Chronicles I'll a lot. It. Yeah. I, I think it's one of the best jrpgs of the century i'd agree and yeah uh, it's not, this looks like much more a much more reasonable follow-up to that one agreed so yep so again it's coming in july now instead of september so set your uh your wallet accordingly mm-hmm. um and with that it's time to move on to name that game once again we are giving away a free D- actually a drm free code of tunic for today i mean it's playable on pc or mac um The way the game works is I show you a series of images and you try to guess the name of the game. You are playing against Matt Kyle. Um, If he guesses it and I look over and it's already in the chat, you guys win. In fact, even if it's like a beat or two later that someone chimes in with the name of the game, then you guys will get the win. Um, It's pretty simple. 
the images, at least I try to make them vague at first. And then the last image is like, if you can't get the game from that, then you're an idiot. So last week, everybody got it on the first image in like two seconds. I'm hoping I can do a little better this time. I took all your feedback into account. A lot of you guys left comments in uh, the archive of the show last week, letting me know how I can improve it. I listened to your comments and I've made some changes and I hope that I've done a better job. We'll see how that goes. Um, but anyway, here we go with Name That Game. All right, let me bring up the chat here for everyone to see. Well, actually, I need to bring up yeah, the image. Yeah, you're going to show me the picture. <laughs> yep. All right, here we go with the first image for Name That Game and Go. We'll leave each one up for like 10 or 15 seconds. This is for Vigigames. Games, got it. (laughs) The first image. Portal. Yes. Hmm. How? I guess the hanging wires do look like that. The other, well, someone else guessed Metroid Prime. Yeah, Metroid Prime was actually my first. Yeah, and I thought that too, but like. Jeez. I mean, there's some people dude, who play, it's so hard to... People play Portal a lot. I mean, so did I, but dude, it's just cables hanging from a fucking ceiling. Mm. Dude, that's crazy. Do you have the full shot? No, I don't. You should, you should have the full shot to cut to. Oh. Uh, so that's you can a see, like, work. To show like how far you <laughs> zoomed in or whatever. I mean, you can tell. Like, oh, it's yeah. the ceiling of a screenshot, basically. Mm-hmm. Jeez, this is ridiculous. You guys are just too good, man. I'm not going to do this anymore. It's no fun. I do all this work, and it's over in like two seconds. Here's the rest of the images. That's why game, so- game shows suck. That was like Portal 2. It's Portal. It's the first one? Yeah. I don't remember the overgrowth in Portal 1. But I haven't played Portal 1 in like 15 And see, I'm years. like leaving I'm leaving little clues. Like this, this second one, to make it easier, I left a little shade of the machinery in over there. On the right-hand side. Like, I put a lot of thought into these. (laughs) LO, that was so easy. The cake right there. Where's the cake? On the screen. What? That's a picture of the cake. On the the screen. Oh. That's the strawberries on the cake. Oh, no, come on. Like, you're not going to be able to tell that that's what it is. I mean, if you know that cake. I guess. I thought it was like a face with a bunch of eyes. I just thought it was like I didn't even pick up that it was a cake. No, that's that's like the iconic cake from Portal. Now that they well, no, that. I mean here's the last image. Right, so there it is. <laughs> but I mean, that doesn't look like a cake to me. It looks like like something under a microscope or I mean, something. I mean, some to some people that is one of the most iconic things in the history of video games. So it'd be like saying like, oh, that's a close up of Mario's hat. How can we could tell that's his hat? But like you know it. By, you know, I mean that's easy though. That's so is that if you if you're that familiar with Portal. And then here was the third one. I included the red button. Yeah, and, and I the, thought that might the, have given away the modular. Yep. Pieces. See, I had to be very careful too because if you got if I left the reticle in any of these screenshots, yeah, the someone would have got it right away there. because the reticle in the game is very the orange and the blue and yeah. The it's like I put so much thought into this and it doesn't effing matter. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> I work hard on these things, and in two seconds, it's like over. Here's the fourth screenshot. I also just had corner a little the, piece in the corner there. Corner of the gun. Yeah. Yep. And then the last one was the cake. This takes all the fun out of it. 
Well, crap. Okay. <laughs> well, this is for video games. Send us a DM. <laughs> and we'll send out the code. It's so disappointing. It's so hard to do this. You guys are just too good. Like, I don't know if this game works. Like, I just don't think it does. Mm. The people, our chat, our audience is just too smart and too good. I think that's just really what it comes down to. Oh, don't apologize to him. Yeah, you don't, yeah you don't have to apologize. It's not your fault. I'm glad that somebody won. Um, I'd rather have somebody win on the first one than not get it at all. But I obviously, if I put this screenshot up and yeah, nobody got get that. that, they were definitely going to get it. So, all right. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> I tried, guys. I really did try. I tried to make it fun. And I couldn't even make it to the second image. Dang. You just need to make it harder. How do you make it harder, dude? Mm. It, what, what are you talking about? Well, don't use a picture of the most iconic thing. In the I had no idea that's what it was, Matt. Yeah. I had no clue that's a cake. Look at that image. Yeah, but that's the, these are the people you're up against. But also, Matt, look at the picture of the cake. Look at that. That's purple. Mm. The cake is not purple, dude. Yeah, but it's a, it's a distortion of the screen. But how do you know that's a cake? Because they, it doesn't look they're, like they're, the cake. But there's a and it doesn't look like a cake. I don't know what to tell you, man. There's a contingent of people who, when they see that pattern of things, are going to think of the portal cake, no matter what. It's bizarre. Okay, well, there you go. I'm going to try to find a way to zoom in on the Steelers logo that you can't tell what it is. And I bet you'll be able to always tell what it is. Well, no, obviously. It's, but that's different, dude. I don't think it is. If you change the it's colors, different, different no, I'll you. say this. If you change the colors of the Steelers logo like that is, I mean, that's different. That's purple. Yeah, but you're seeing it on a, on a distorted screen. It doesn't matter, though. It does. Apparently it does. <sighs> anyway, that's frustrating. Really frustrating from my perspective. You guys know how much time I spent on that for it to end in like two seconds. That really sucks. <laughs> Seriously, though, it sucks. Uh, okay, well, it's time for Q&A. Don't ask me anything about Portal, though. <laughs> and this is for Vidya Games. Send us a DM here on Twitch, um, or you can send me one on Twitter at Dinfire, or you can send me one on the site um, at Shane, and I will get the code out to you ASAP. And congratulations for winning. In fact, I forgot to play your round of applause. Congratulations, man. You did a great job. But everyone, with their suggestions in here, they're not making me feel better. So... I don't feel like anyone ever puts anything in our chat to make me feel better. Mm. I feel like they're always, like, prodding me. <laughs> Am I crazy for thinking that? Uh, I, I don't think so. But no? Like, I, don't... I feel that way. Anyway. Congrats, bro. Uh, let's get to some Q&A. See what you guys got for us. JM Rain gifting the Tier 1 subs. Thank you, my brother. 500. Oh, wow. What? A total of 500 in the channel all time. That's amazing, dude. Thank you, man. Thanks, JM Rain. That's awesome, man. I really appreciate it. Um, Vincent, after diving into Hello Neighbor 2 this week, are you going to head lower and play Postal 4 next week? <laughs> no. I saw the reviews for that today. I'm not oh, is that coming out? Yeah, the, some reviews that. went up today. They're up, they're up on Sifted, and it got murdered it's not good surprise surprise <laughs> um minority games any jrpgs you're excited to play we just talked about one xenoblade yeah. xenoblade chronicles 3 absolutely um are there any others besides those yeah forspoken i think that's a jrpg i wouldn't call it a jrpg 
Well, it's Square Enix trying to not make JRPGs. No, a, that's an action adventure game. It's not. A, it's not a JRPG. I think it no. is an RP, action RPG. I mean, it's got stab. It's, uh, JRPGs are anime. Yeah. Or turn-based or, 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 or kind of like the, you know, you're talking about Genshin Impact style stuff, which I know is Korean, but like, no. Like, like <laughs> Tales of Final Fantasy, like, those are JRPG. Dragon Quest, like, like, I don't consider Dark Souls a JRPG outside of the fact that it's an action RPG made in Japan. That's not the same thing. Okay. If, um, if, if, an, if, an, if you can call these stupid things immersive sims, JRPG <laughs> can mean something more specific than RPG made in Japan. Fair enough. Um, Call of Duty says our brains are weird. I can remember obscure shit from video games twenty years ago, but I can't remember my email password. Yeah. <laughs> um, Podif says zoom into the image very deep. I did. I literally. Yeah, that is a definite zoom. You can tell from the. the I zoomed artifact. way in on these, but I don't want to just make it like this smear of colors. Pixels. Like, you, there's a balance that you have to walk when you do this, and apparently I'm walking on the wrong side of it. I mean, you got unlucky with the picture of the cake. Yeah. That's <laughs> I, all. Really, that's what happened. What was in that screen? Uh, Norx Nessie94, what do you think of the rumor of Microsoft paying for chip priority? Do you feel this is a bad practice or just business? First of all, I do not believe it. Yeah, I don't think that's a, really a thing. I do not believe that that is true. I think that somebody made that up. I, I don't think it's a thing. Um I think that that was just an Xbox fan, like trying to understand why there aren't Xboxes on why why Xboxes are staying in stock mm-hmm. and PlayStation's not because yeah, they're just not because they're I mean, just they're not in demand, as in demand. But they're not as in demand as PS5. Right? Yeah, I don't. And believe PS5s that probably are you know, lower in availability just because they are a more complicated build and use more specialized stuff. They're using AMD is has the same chips that is right. sending to both but i don't see any evidence i've never se- have not been presented or seen any evidence that the amd chips are the things holding the playstation production back right you don't know what's doing that yeah but yeah just if it's even it. happening yeah you know? i i don't think that that's true no. um if it were true how would i feel about it i wouldn't care I, I mean that's business it is business like i wouldn't care if it were true um and i wouldn't begrudge my having more money it. in the war chest is a business advantage and that's yeah. just how it is it's just the same reason it was able to buy activision blizzard <laughs> like yeah. or the same reason uh playstation got final fantasy 7 yeah like and the, the same reason sony, that, sony threw money at people until they left nintendo yep yep same reason that you know they were managed to buy bethesda and other people couldn't other companies couldn't yep. it's Unfortunately, finally got Blizzard. You see yeah. the thing that they, they tried like two other times and got rebuffed or shut down, and now they finally got it. Yep, that's apparently all they wanted with Blizzard. Um, next level. Shh. Do you think we will get big game announcements in June without E3? Yeah, people are. I think they're going to do still do their like some presentational stuff. There's going to be Jeff's stuff. Like there'll be some things. Yeah, I think there will be. I don't know if. Define big, I guess I would say. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, at the very least, Nintendo's got to tell us what the second half of the year looks like. Yeah. I mean, we're starting to get a kind of an idea. We'll at probably this get point. a God of War reveal in May because, you mm-hmm. know, Sony traditionally does do a big uh, reveal of, of their big game of the year. They do it It'll with, be interesting if they let Jeff do that or if they do it with their own. I would imagine they do it on their own. State of play or something. State of play. Yeah, they've always done they've the last few years they've done a state of play reveal of like their big game of the year. I don't think maybe they didn't do it much last year, but they did it with Last of Us 2 and um Horizon they did Horizon last year. Yeah. Which was supposed to be the big game of the fall until it got delayed. Yep. Um so yeah, I think they'll be big, like massive. I wouldn't commit to that. Um I think a lot of these publishers are going to 
reserve that stuff for their own shows. And I think that what we're seeing already is those shows look like they're going to be stretched out. Like, I yeah, saw I think that, that's happening again. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that THQ Nordic already announced its like E3 thing for like August. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that stuff's going to be more they, stretched out. They seem out. to mean it when they say summer. Yeah. Like you got three months to yeah. get it done, basically. Yeah. Uh, Congrim won the recent content patch um, in Final Fantasy XIV, and I like that you use Roman numerals. Uh, there was a limited area of housing plots to be handed out in a lottery system. There was an error, and people freaked out, asking for employees to be reprimanded and fired. What? How'd I miss this? After hearing the discussion of NFTs and crypto, good connection, do you think ownership of these digital assets are causing an unhealthy obsession? For some people, some yeah. People, yeah, some people don't really seem to have a control over their re- responses to that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, like they feel, I think it's a lot of FOMO. Yeah. Because they lo- I think they're looking at it like real real estate. Where there's only so much land, yeah, and if you can don't get make it, more digital continent. Yeah, like, you can always just slap another tile on yeah. to the other side or of the it, world. Like, there's no reason to make it limited. Like you know, yeah. like a lot it's of false. Yeah, a lot of games yeah. solve that by just everybody goes in the same house, yeah. and you get loaded into your personal one. And I can see where the connection between the crypto and the NFT is coming from because NFTs, it's false scarcity. Yeah. You're and creating the scarcity. It's not that it's actually scarce. You're just like, I'm not going to make more so that it's more valuable. Yeah. And the false scarcity of that doesn't really seem to appeal to people for the most part. Right. Unless you're already invested. Like, I mean, that was what Shroud of the Avatar tried to trade on. Uh, that you know that that uh, Lord Garriott thing that got sold off a, while, a couple years ago. But like, um, you know, the whole thing was like you got to have player housing, and it was like you you know the, the Kickstarter you got to reserve your house and like you know you're guaranteed a plot of land in this area or that area. And I was like, and in the end, nobody cared. Yeah, you know? like it it doesn't matter. Like, and so this, I mean, this is an easy fix. Uh, it's ridiculous to think people should be fired over it. Um, no, that's absurd. It's <laughs> it's absurd. Very silly. And people have families and kids. Hey, take this guy's job away because yeah. I didn't get some. Because I didn't get my imaginary house. Like go away. Grow up. Go. I think that's a big part of the problem. You want to play that game? Aren't grown ups. They're yeah. like tweens yeah, or whatever. You want to play that game? Go buy some spaceships at Star Citizen. Yeah. Um, Erebus Jones with the war in Ukraine looking very likely to continue for some time. Unfortunately, that is really starting to hit home at this point. I really was hoping that when Russia started withdrawing from Kiev, that mm-hmm. that might be a sign that maybe things are going to wrap up, but no. It was just them pulling back to attack somewhere else. Dirty scumbags. Anyway, um, how do you think Nintendo is going to sit on Advance Wars rebooted indefinitely? Surely not. No. I mean, they delayed it again today. Um, but uh, who knows? I mean, it's they don't really need to release it. You know, right. it's, it's not a, it's not the cornerstone of any of their financial plans, so they can kind of hold it until they feel it's appropriate. Maybe the better question is, when will it be okay for it to be released? Because, like, if Nintendo released Advance Wars, I wouldn't be offended, would you? No, I mean, I think they're holding it back because there's an equivalent nation of Russia that is very belligerent. Oh, that's right. I um, forgot about that. I forgot yeah. about that part. So, of like, it. I think that's the the key. It's not that just because it's, it's not just because there's a war in it. It's because there's a there's a stand-in for a Russian, you know, very thinly veiled Russian stereotype nation that is actively an aggressor in it. Um, that and I sense. would imagine they will hold that until they feel that the either the situation is over or the situation has sort of settled into just the way things are, or maybe we'll never see it. Who knows? Like, you know, there's some there's some games that never came out after nine eleven. That's true. So yeah, or altered. 
Um, Twitch for fun. Thank you for gifting us up to one of our community members. It's awesome. Uh, Erebus Jones, thank you for subscribing with Twitch Prime and for asking a great question. Um, GameSpot gave Portal 4 a Postal 4 a 1. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I won't be playing that one. I'll pass on that one. That's crazy. Uh, Sound Wizard, thank you for gifting uh, subs to our viewers. That's awesome. Um, Lesteved, Sonic 2 review. I loved it with my kids. No, I still haven't seen it, unfortunately. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I imagine I probably won't until it comes to Me streaming. Either. Yeah, I'll watch it on video. I did watch the... Um, People always ask me about horror movie recommendations. I did just watch in the last week the uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot. Yeah, I didn't hear anything good about that. And neither had I. And then I watched it, and it was not as bad as I was led to believe. Hmm. There is one scene in that movie that is terrifying. He gets on a bus, and people can't get off the bus. Hmm. And he has a chainsaw. That's terrifying. A bad situation. It man. is a bad situation to be in. And it goes on for like 15 minutes. <laughs> it's, I was like, okay, like I'll say this, like the the gore in that, if you're a little gore hound like I used to be, it's pretty good. Um, I watched the whole thing without turning it off, so. You can gore hound, but you'd, you'd, you'd wince at the Mortal Kombat fatalities? No, the, wait, what? You've, you've expressed the idea that the Mortal Kombat fatalities are too much at times. Yeah, I think they are. Because they show like the whole anatomy thing, like the yeah, x-ray anatomy I crap. I think that's part of the joke, though. Cause Maybe. It, it doesn't actually look like that. We're, we're much messier inside <laughs> than Mortal Kombat would leave you to believe. Um, Deadly Virus isn't Gamescom in August. It is in August. Yep. Yeah. And it's in person this year. You'll probably get some good stuff from that, from Europe. Yeah. The European devs like do save some stuff from that. And now they have even more reason to save something good for, for Gamescom because there's no E3. I think he's mentioning, though, that we were talking about how E3 is going to be dragged out. Yeah. And so maybe he's saying that the THQ Nordic thing is actually a press conference for that Gamescom instead of E3, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, e- Evil Oni 5. What do you think is the future of id tech? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't even have a theory on that one. I it, think they'll probably just keep making Doom games with it. Or, I mean, maybe he's asking, like, are they going to move to Unreal? Are they just going to get rid of the of that engine because now they've been assimilated into the Microsoft board? Yeah, I think I think that engine has its place. I think it does, too. And I think Microsoft has been more than willing to let studios do their thing, uh, to the detriment yeah. at Undead Labs. But Yeah, I was about to—I thought of Undead Labs as soon as you said right. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe they should give that engine to Undead Labs. <laughs> <laughs> this one moves fast. Um, JM Rain, since you give us so many subs, we'll definitely answer your question. Why are there so many 99 cent pro Jesus games on PS5? What? Uh, it's, there's I a, had not caught on to that trend. There's a lot of weird shovelware stuff, like, yeah, that pops up. I, I, I assume that, that Sony has just removed all content evaluation. It sounds safeties. like all the checks and balances are gone. Yeah, Legend yeah. of Black Tiger doesn't seem like it was all that unusual <laughs> anymore. So yeah, it used to be an anomaly, but not it doesn't anymore. Matter. I mean, the Switch store is the same way. It's just, I mean, not so much Jesus games, but it's just like yeah. I can't imagine. I can't believe I'm looking at a, a Nintendo store and there's that many like softcore porn games on it. It's yeah. just endless. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, right now, obviously, the timing with Easter. Maybe that's why you're seeing them. Yeah, and, I could be pushing the algorithm. We'd be pushing that up. Yeah, or it could just be that they're just, they all released them in the last two months knowing yeah. that Easter was coming. I and mean, it, it, is time. The, it is the time of year. <laughs> it is. Yes, absolutely. He is risen, but the prices are lower than they've ever been. <laughs> 99 cents. Uh, yeah, 
let's see. Uh, Rigor Mortis UK. Why do you think we aren't being shown any real gameplay of Starfield at this point? Surely we should have seen more by now. By more, you mean any. Because <laughs> yeah. there hasn't been any. I would argue you don't need to. Yeah, I mean... Even well, even traditionally in the last, like, 10 years or so, uh, Bethesda, even independently, has moved into, like, we're going to show you this thing at E3, and then yeah. you're not really going to see a whole lot until it comes out. Usually like, they, they don't, don't do announce a, the game that early. They yeah. they announce it, and it's out in, like, a month or two. Yeah, but this one, you need to you need to do it a little different because it's a new IP. Yeah. But, like, people are plenty excited, and people will pay attention whenever they put that gameplay reveal up. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yep. Uh, also, like, that seems to be kind of a trend overall, like... We just got the first teaser for Thor yesterday, and that movie comes out in like two and a half months. Yeah, that's a shift. So yeah, because they don't, they, no, they don't, they need, don't need it, it anymore. Because they wanted to focus on marketing Doctor Strange, which comes out like next week. Yep, or two weeks from now, and then you'll worry about Thor. Thor's gonna sell itself. You know, Starfield is already good. Like the With the core demographic knows it's there. They're excited about it, and then you'll run the ads in the last month or six, you know six weeks before release on NFL games and everything, and that'll be that's how it works. Yeah, with social media, you don't need as much time anymore. No, you really don't. You, you need can, the, the runway has gotten shorter and shorter. Yeah, you can get it done real quick. Um, Cinetike, why did the Japanese gaming market shrink so much over the years following today's Good Morning Gaming episode? Yeah, so you, you know the top selling game in Japan last year sold like less than three million copies. Hmm. Like <laughs> that's pretty crazy. And there was a handful that sold around that. Like actually, I think it's like two point five or two point three million or something. What was it? Um, Monster Hunter Rise. Oh, of course. But man, like he, I mean, it's it's yeah. crazy. Mobile has taken that market over in yeah. such a huge way. Yep. I mean, you go to, to Tokyo Game Show now, it's more than half mobile. Yeah. And when we I first mean, started going that. to Tokyo Game Show, it was like 10 oh, or yeah, 15%. Yeah, it was just E3-2, basically. Yeah. And yeah, by by, 2000, by 2010, it was just, it was just mobile Almost stuff. Almost half and half. Yeah. It's just the way it is. It's just mobile stuff and stuff you'd already seen at other things. The, the one thing I don't think people understand if they've never been to Japan is that people don't spend time at home, generally. Yeah. Now, there are some people that do. But generally, people do not spend time at home. They... They get up, they get on the train, they go to work. When they get off work, they go to like a bar or a restaurant. Yeah, they go out somewhere. Yeah. And they like eat. Like entertainment dinner, is almost universally couple, out. Yep. Have a couple beers. That's why the game they made the GameCube the way they did. Because people the other another reason why people don't care that they have small apartments there is because they're hardly there. They're basically just going there to sleep. So um, it's just a different culture and they're always on the go. And that's why you see mobile exploding mm -hmm. and that's why you see the switch being successful while mm -hmm. everything else tanks and ps5 is tanking in japan is doing awful and every console unless it's a portable like nintendo's is going to do terrible yeah but like sony has become begun to accept that it doesn't matter yeah you don't need to worry about being successful in the home the home country anymore if you're going to sell millions overseas yep um nolan elric elden ring legend let me solo her has been modded into the game as an npc summon it's just that's just a mod somebody added. That's yeah. not a real. That's not a. Yeah, it's not official from yeah. software stuff. It's just a PC version. Yeah, that whole saga of let me solo her is pretty cool though. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who don't know, like there's this one boss that everyone has trouble with, and there's this guy that has made it his mission to help people defeat the boss. And mm -hmm. you just summon him, and he comes in and beats the boss for you, and you go on your way. It's cool. I, I think it's a really cool story. Um, Deadly Virus Eva with inflation and rising wages. Rising wages? Where are the rising wages at? I don't know. <laughs> I don't see any rising wages. Uh, when will Microsoft be forced to increase the price of Game Pass? 
I mean, I don't think inflation has an yeah, impact I don't think on really gonna matter <laughs> no, there. No. I don't think it's gonna happen. Um Iviz, thank you for subscribing with Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Minority Games, thank you for all the bits, man. That's sweet. Uh, do we have anything else? Oh, Squishy Muffin, would Matt be up for streaming games for the channel? Yeah. <laughs> I think if he wanted to do that, he would have volunteered by now. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much how I look at Matt with Sifted, is if he wants to do something, he'll offer to do it. And if by now he has an offer to do it, he probably doesn't want to do it. Um, okay, I think that's it. That's Game Phase 297. Just a few more episodes until episode yeah. 300, which I'm still trying to figure out what the hell we're going to do. It's still past four. Like, so we still still made the usual time. Yeah, we had a lot more topics today because um, I knew we were going to need them. Mm -hmm. um, and we can talk forever, no matter what. So um, I had a feeling we were going to make it to the full time. I didn't know how excited people would be by the topics, but hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. I enjoyed today. I thought we had a great discussion on a bunch of stuff uh, and talked about some things that we don't normally talk about when we have a bunch of games. Um, if you're listening to this show on any of the podcast services out there, and it's on all of them, um, head by patreon.com slash sifted and drop us a pledge. We really appreciate it. Our Patreon numbers are really low. If you want to see the show continue, you got to invest in it. You got to put some cash in the game. You got to put some skin in the game or the show's going to go away. I'm just being honest. Um, so again, head to patreon.com slash sifted and drop us a pledge. If you're broke, I've been there. I'm kind of there right now. <laughs> Uh, I understand that. Uh, you can help us for free by subscribing with Twitch Prime. If you're watching the show on YouTube, everything to do that is below in the show description. While you're at it, like the show, subscribe, ring the bell, all that other crap that I hate saying. Please do it because it makes a difference. Um, we're trying to uh, save Sifted here. So anything that you can do to help the show, review the show on iTunes or on Google Podcasts or on iHeartRadio or anywhere else you find the show. The reviews help. I did see that some of you guys went and did that after I talked about it last week. Thank you very much. Um, what happens is when people search for video game podcasts, the, the shows that have the most reviews and the highest scores get propped up in the results and people can discover our podcast that way. And that's our biggest problem is discovery. Um, we have no money to market. So everything has to be through social media, through word of mouth, through you guys, because uh, we just don't have the cash to market to get the word out there. So. We keep working our butts off here, hoping things are going to turn around. You guys can be a big part of that, and I hope that you guys will do whatever you can to help. Um, I really appreciate it. And with that, I think we're ready to call it a day. I cannot even comprehend what the show will be like next week because I, I looked at the release schedule, and there's really nothing coming out for quite a while. So yeah, You might want to start telling me what you're going to play so we can at least be on the same page for things. Because we probably... Do not like, for instance, both of us did things. not want to play Hello Neighbor 2. Yeah. I can promise you that much. That's for damn sure. Uh, but thanks to everyone who's on the chat, on the stream. Thanks for everyone who gave out bits. JM Rain, you're awesome. Every week you come in here and you give out subs. Thanks to everybody who subscribed with Twitch Prime during the show today. It makes a difference for us. We really appreciate it. We'll see you next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. Until then, Game Face is up and out.